Podcast on Fire. This is a podcast that gives me a chance to chat with some of the best people from around the 40k community. I'm your host, Ben. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with one more of the hosts of my favourite podcast, The Conclave. He knows all things legal, so I just need to make sure that I'm going to be nice and watch what I say. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Adam. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, great to be here. It's very, very kind of you to say uh, I know all things legal. Unfortunately, the, the nature of the legal profession is such that you end up getting quite specialised. So I'm one of those, it's, it's one of these unfortunate things where I think people ask you, you know, your friends who know that you work, uh, you know, in, in law, in my case, I'm a solicitor, but then start asking you all sorts of questions about things that would be useful <laughs> to know, like, oh, I'm buying a house. How yeah. does this work? Or oh, I've got this thing. How does this work? And I just go, yeah, it's not what I do. <laughs> you know, obviously, I, I, I sort of know it, but I you know, always take advice from a specialist in the area. That's my disclaimer uh, on, <laughs> on that one. But yes, no, very, very good to be here. Looking forward to chatting. You know, I know we've been trying to get this, which has been in the works for a while. We've been trying to get this arranged and sort of make mostly my fault, to be perfectly honest, because just being very busy, I've been sort of stuck, unable to uh, actually make some time. But yes, let's have a chat. It'd be good to uh, good to uh, sort of chat through and uh, and, and talk about um, our favourite um, hobby. Yeah, sure. I, I appreciate you coming on. No worries about the time. It's Clash of Dire is just a constant thing. I know you're incredibly busy <laughs> and I've just changed jobs not that long ago. So my schedule is just kind of a bit crazy. So I can imagine. Really yeah, I could... yeah. Okay, well, we'll kick off with the standard first question. Um, so what got you into Warhammer? Well, I am like everybody else, I think, and some people maybe some listeners are going to be insulted by this, but I'll say it anyway. I, think I am a humongous nerd. <laughs> I like space things. I liked fantasy yeah. stuff when I was a little kid. A lot of it actually stemmed from probably from my granddad uh, on my, one of okay. my granddads on my uh, on my mum's side, who was a humongous Trekkie. So, from a very mm. young age, I was watching, you know, watching Star Trek and things like that. And I remember for for Warhammer specifically, I remember my my dad um, moving away from sci fi a little bit, but my dad got me the Hobbit. He gave me his copy of the Hobbit. I when he, when he, mm-hmm. read when he was a kid. So I started reading that, and then coincidentally, that was around the time, and this would date it, that the Lord of the Rings films were just being sort of announced, and mm. they were starting to come yeah. around. So my first contact with sort of the hobby of miniature wargaming was through, as I think it was for many people in sort of my age group, was the um, uh, fancy ba- I believe it was called Fancy Battles in Middle, Strategy Battles in Middle Earth. It was the, the part yeah. work magazine. That was like my first contact with it. So I, you know, I collected that for quite a while, okay, and and sort of built up a fairly sizable collection of, of of Lord of the Rings miniatures, and from that, I so I'm I'm from southeast London. Well, I mean, this is, I'm from one of those places where like if you're from and I live in central London now, but if you're from London, people be like, that's not London. Uh, it's North Kent. <laughs> it's definitely the grey area, literally and metaphorically, uh, to some extent between Kent and London. I, I'm from like Bexley. I'm from like southeast London. So okay. um, my like local shopping centre when it when it opened in like 1999, I think, was was Blue Water down in Kent. And in Blue Water, uh, okay, there used yeah. to be a Games Workshop. Sadly, now no longer with us. And on that Games Workshop, they had a a big. It was like it. What it was a. I don't think it was the size of the one that's at Warhammer World, but they had this big statue of a space marine over the oh, door. Wow. They had like this little kind of shelf thing over the door, like what's the right word for it? You know what I mean? Like a a, a little like porch thing over the plinth. door. Yeah, like a plinth over the door, right? But it had a space marine on it. And I remember when I went down there, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then obviously went up to the shop and I saw they had all the Lord of the Rings stuff, and I was like, okay, yeah. I know what this is. And from there, that's where my sort of engagement with Warhammer began really okay and uh, my early attempts and i have some of my models that i painted when i was a young one 
um, and they are not very well done. I did do some early <laughs> kit bashing, uh, some early like conversions, which which I'm quite proud nice. of. I had a, I remember I had a, a um, on the Lord of the Rings front, I had a a Mordor troll, and it, it's up my, it's like okay. up my mum's house somewhere, right? I, it's, it's definitely still there. That was like the old metal one, and I chopped a Gondorian soldier in half and stuck him on the base. And covered, oh, nice. you know, in in not even in, you know, because this is back in the day before Blood for the Blood Gods, like in the most <laughs> basic like red that they had at the time, <laughs> all over his like he was holding like a spiked hammer. It was all over that. It was all over the ground. And you know, poor Gondorian guy, he didn't really have any <laughs> organs. He was just red with a little white dot where his spine would be. Right? It was it was all very basic. But you know, to, to like I don't know, eleven year old me, like that was that was pretty cool. I I like that. Yeah. Um, I had a Chaos Warrior that I made. Chaos a Chaos uh, Space Marine. I should say with a with a, a kit bashed gun, and I've got him. He's actually on the shelf up here. I put him. He's a photo on my Instagram from some time ago. But he's got like a kit bashed gun because in the old Chaos Space Marine Codex, and I say the old one, I mean like the fourth edition one. <laughs> you could build this kind of like demon gun thing and give it to one of your Chaos Space Marines, and not really knowing how the rules were, I was like, I'll go do that. So he's got this absolutely <laughs> ludicrously sized weapon. He's meant to be the guy holding the, um, I think, the heavy bolter from the squad. And he's got, it's it's like half of it is an, a LAS cannon from an Imperial Guard set from a heavy weapons team <laughs> with the front end of a Tau burst cannon on it and loads of blades okay. stuck all over it to make it look a bit chaos nice. which are the blades off of crew rifles that I had spare. So he's, okay. I, I'm t- I want to run him in a game, right? As a, as a <laughs> Chaos Space Marine. You can just have like an auto cannon or something just so he can be there because he's, you know, I was yeah. quite proud of him. But, um, but yeah, that was my... That was my first contact with the hobby, and I used to go. I remember I used to go on the bus on a Sunday down to Bromley, uh, down to the Bromley Games Workshop, okay. which is still there for their beginners uh, sort of like morning thing on a Sunday. I did that for a little while, and that was where I tried to learn the rules. But as many people will remember, or, or may remember, back in again, I, I think it was fourth edition because it was it was shortly after the Tau and the Necrons. They were relatively new, and I think they were third edition. You know, back then it was very much blast templates and armor facing. Yeah. That sort of thing. So, you know, the eleven-year-old in me didn't care too much about that. But I did play a few games, <laughs> and I did try and get into it. And then uh, along came, you know, being a teenager and yeah. girls. Um, I mean, not that I was. <laughs> I don't think I'm particularly successful. Uh, I wasn't particularly successful on that front. My, my partner will will get very annoyed if I say I'm not particularly successful on that front now. But <laughs> the uh, so so you know, I I kind of gave up on it for a while, mm, yeah. and. Yeah, let, sort of drifted away from it and then got back into it about probably about three, four years ago now. It's probably long. It's okay. probably longer than that, but that's the time seems compressed at the moment. You know, with, with yeah, COVID with us two or three years. Yeah, just disappearing into a black hole. So it's it's probably like five years I've been sort of back into it now. But um, okay. but yeah, definitely eighth edition was my was you know when I returned to the hobby and um, you know I still remembered a little bit about the law. So I remember when I turned up mm. and. and Gilliman was a thing. I was like, hang on a second, isn't he dead? Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was very, very, very much a surprise to see where the world had moved on. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I mean, I've literally just had a chat with Warhopes this week, which will be in the episode out before this one, where we talked a lot about sort of Lord of the Rings. I said that I'm just amazed that so many people have been, that I've spoken, have been saying the same sort of thing that Lord of the Rings got them into it. I had no idea it was so big. I played fantasy. I remember Lord of the Rings being a thing in the shop, but in the shop it wasn't like a, yeah. a big display i remember a lot of fantasy and 40k but nobody really played lord of the rings yeah i i think it's i think as i say i think it was kind of like a, a nerdy gateway drug 
right? Like there yeah. were there was there was like a really there was a really big community of people that got really into Lord of the Rings and just you know the that that sort mm, of that yeah. like two thousand to two thousand three era when all the films were coming out and it was oh, it was yeah. just awesome. And then you know art, you know I really like. The, the Fellowship of the Ring, and I really like Aragorn, and I really like Legolas is cool. I mean, I always got a soft spot for Gimli, but that's because I'm an average <laughs> height man with a beard, so he sort of appeals to me as a, as a short king. Um, so, uh, so I think people were like, "Oh, I can play games with these," and even if you don't play games with them, you can yeah. model them and paint them. You know, it's. Uh, I think, as I say, it had a, it had a, an introductory effect in a way that I would hope, looking to the future, if. The, you know, certainly because Warhammer has massively grown in popularity, and, you know, across the board, right? But as things like this sort of supposed TV show they're talking about with Cavill, Henry Cavill, if that turns up, I mean, that's going to be like a gateway for a lot of people. Mm, and to huge, be fair, yeah, yeah to, be, to be fair, I think you get it these days. Like, I've got friends I know, colleagues who I work with, who I won't embarrass by me, um, but who, <laughs> who, who have are taking sort of tentative steps into the hobby but have been like watching law video like when they found out i was uh, okay. you know, i it's a thing that i enjoy he, one of them started just he was like oh started talking to me about warhammer law and i was like <laughs> what, what what since when were you into this he was like oh yeah I, I, I watch youtube videos all the time about like what's going on with this and what's going on with that in the 40k universe <laughs> i was like oh that's really cool and then inevitably you know i've sort of put on my uh my emperor palpatine role in the dark side of the force the pathway to many abilities <laughs> most of which involve losing money so you know doing that and he sort of eventually did, you know someone's got him a gift of some some space marines and now he's on the dark angels train so if he's listening to this he knows exactly who he is but but yeah but yeah and i told him it's a good time to be a dark angel as well by the way things going <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i've definitely pulled back into my dark angels with sort of all the new models i mean my worry is always going to be that sort of oh that's the meta so you pulled them out because that they're the meta and i'm like well no. no, I've pulled them out before the meta. I just <laughs> enjoy the meta while here and see how, see whether or not it changes. Yeah, well, it always it it always changes. It's one of those things. If anybody, I think if anybody calls people like, like you know, as much as a bit of light mockery is fine, right? But if your friends yeah. are like, oh, I've got this army because I think they look cool, and it's like, oh, they just happen to be the top one in the meta. It's like, yeah, but the meta changes so often. Who cares? Like, exactly, you know, next yeah. week it'll be. I mean, what's I don't know what's bottom at the moment. Like Imperial fists, Quipster plays Imperial fists. Yeah. I fully intend when, when they come, when they inevitably rise to the top of the edition, I'll give him all the abuse in the world. No, I won't really, but you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah you've got to. Like, meta chasing, even though he's had that army for like 10 years, it's definitely meta chasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to be <laughs> fair, though, the, the problem is that unless they make serious changes to the Hammerfall bunker data sheet, I can't possibly call Quips that because he will turn <laughs> up with three Hammerfall bunkers and it's just like, you know, I, ca I can't, I just can't with that because that's just, that's a, that's being a hero, frankly. Someone had to buy the model. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I nearly bought it, but I just, I just can't do it. I just, just can't do it. <laughs> just can't bring yourself to do it. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I do feel like I'm one of the minority that I like, well, I don't dislike the new rocket um, missile guys. Oh, the missile guys. Yeah, the what yeah. they call des desolators, aren't they? Yeah, Which is, that's it. It's yeah. interesting because they've moved away from words beginning with I. Somebody has flipped <laughs> to a new page in the thesaurus yeah. and sort of started yeah. going through. No, I, do you know what? I My view, sorry, go off on a tangent here, but my view on those is I think they, they, yeah, they do look a bit goofy, right? The gun is a bit big. And would they have been better as Gravis? Yeah, maybe. But do you know what? Mm. Actually, yeah, they're fine. It, we, I mean, we, we have like, you know, we have, an, we have an orc who has a gun that literally is a hoover on one end that sucks in grots <laughs> and teleports them across the battlefield, right? Yeah. If you can live with yeah. that, you can live with 
a you know a, an eight foot tall superhuman wielding a slightly too large missile launcher, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and if you go back far enough, when you look at some of the original Devastators, they've got oh, yeah. those sort of big goofy looking guns yeah, as well. So actually, the argument is that they've pulled sort of ideas from some of the original models potentially. Yeah, I, th- I think they, I think they, they do that more often than people give them credit for, and it's one of the things. Like, yeah. I've, I've got Angron in front of me right now. I'm just I'm sort of slowly following War Hipster's tutorial to paint him up. Um, I mean, doing a you know much worse job than he does, but still, <laughs> still giving it a go because I've, I've got Mortarian, I've got a Magnus, I've got to have the, yeah. you know, the other brother, right? It's just got to, got to go for that, that, um, the, the three of them together. But uh, you know, people, I remember when, when it was announced, there was some consternation. I mean, you know, friends of mine were saying, "Oh, I'm not sure I like his pose. I'm not sure I like this." Yeah. And it's like, but when you look at some of the artwork, like that's clearly where they've got it from, right? If you go back mm, and you look yeah. at some of the old artwork of him, or even of just like Cornate demons, like the new Demon Prince, I think is a fantastic example of that. The new Demon, I yeah, mean, the true. old Demon Prince model, you know, because of the age of the sculpt, looked a bit odd. He had that sort of slightly weird come closer to me, you know, <laughs> his kind of hand held out yeah. pose that he did. Whereas the new one is very much along the lines of some of that classic, like the stuff I remember from that, that first Chaos Space mm. Marine Codex I bought. There was a picture in there, and I think it's still in the Codex. It's been reprinted. There's like an artwork of a, of a demon prince, and it is exactly the model they've made, right? Yeah. It's just brilliant. When I saw that, I was like, that's fantastic. That, that takes me right back to that, like, you know, young uh, sense of wonder. Before I've got old and cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. I do, I do feel like the sort of new techniques they've produced to make the, the new models have made that a lot easier. So I wonder if they've managed to sort of go back to some of the old lore and the artwork and gone, actually, we can make this now and do it credit. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think, I think as well, like you get you get little callbacks. So like the leagues of Votan is a great example. Like I put a thing mm, yep. on my. Um, I think on Instagram or Twitter about this, like when I when I was building the model. So the, the Hecaton Land Fortress is obviously a tribute to the land train, right? Yeah. But on the back of it, it has a pair of little buffers and the little hook that has a name mm. that I can't remember the name of, but it's the hook <laughs> that you, you get on a train, right? So yeah. it's it's to join a carriage. So it's very clearly it's like a nice little little throwback, little callback to that model. Yeah. And that range is just, I think, is fantastic. And it's little details like that when I'm building models. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Somebody in the sculpting team has thought about that. They'll get they'll get no credit for it from most of the community, <laughs> right? Barely anyone will notice and be like, oh, yeah, it's just it's a cool model. But, you know, it's Hecaton Landforge. It's like, yeah, but th- some, some thought has gone into this, right, about kind of blending it into the old range, which I really like. Yeah, I think it also shows that they've got sort of that enjoyment of the hobby as well because they've actually looked at what's gone before or they've known actually what's come before and they've gone oh i should add this to the new models too um it's not like yeah, they've definitely. brought in someone new and just sort of said just go away and design something that looks like this yeah and it gives it gives a continuity to the ranges that makes them yeah new. like when you again to take the leagues of Italian is a great example when you look at like some of the curved designs on their stuff on the hover yeah. on their on their bikes on the um the iron kin as well and then you look at something like um I can't remember his, the, the exact model's name, but it's the robot that's in the Man of Iron that's in um, Blackstone oh, yeah. Fortress. Yeah, you can clearly see the parallels there, and you know, again, it kind of fits that law of you know the Votana, basically the descendants of humanity that never really had an end to the or they they mm. survived the sort of dark ages and the, the long night, right? They had that level yeah. of technology all the way through, and they've just kind of developed it further by by being isolated. So it's really nice to kind of see that design continuity, and that's what makes. You know, 40k, and to be fair, in AOS as well, right? That's what makes that 
those universes i think so compelling the models so compelling yeah compared to you know and there are plenty of other war games out there there are plenty of other games out there which are fantastic and some amazing sculpts but as a cohesive group the warhammer stuff is just so well done it's it's like yeah. the quality is just amazing i, I think and, and it's nice that we can sit here and be like the worst criticism we have is yeah the missile tube's a bit big <laughs> I, I, I think oh, that's yeah. great. It's far too big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, me too. <laughs> me, so you've you talked a lot there about sort of a lot of different armies, um, and if you go on in your Instagram or things like that, um, you've you've got a lot of different sort of paint jobs, a lot of really cool paint jobs. What's your favorite army? Oh God, uh, that is a really tough question. So I look. My thing is, I like. I always like trying something new. I always like painting something mm. new. I always like building something new. I like playing something new. I took, like, I have a whole bunch of Tau. I took my Tau out for the first time in Ninth Edition about two weeks ago. Um, a, a tiny, okay. a tiny doubles tournament. We both had 500 points, like combat patrol doubles, basically. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I really love my Tau. I like, I've got, I mean, as you say, I've, I've it's easier to list the armies I don't have than those I do have, and I appreciate that's a very like that's a sort of privileged slash slightly worrying position yeah. to be in. <laughs> Certainly, again, my my other half would would suggest that uh, that I have far too much, and she is probably right. Although she did start, she, she was the one that got me back into it. As well. so it's, <laughs> it's, kinda, it's her fault. It's kind of yeah. her fault. It's her idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, my my favorite army. Uh, you know what? I have got, um, and this is probably a phrase I shouldn't say out loud because of how it sounds, but I'll say it anyway because it's funny. Um, I have got a bit of a soft spot for the Sisters of Battle. Um, and the reason why <laughs> is because I think, along with the Admech as well, to be fair, because when I say this Admech fans are going to be like, well, what about us? They are probably the most representative of 40k, in air quotes, army I can think of, right? Okay. Because they are just, they are everything insane about Warhammer 40k <laughs> turned up brilliant, yeah, yeah. right? Like, don't get me wrong, Eldar are amazing. They have some, I mean, they need some new sculpts in some cases, but they just got a big refresh. Yeah. But they, they have that sleek look. They look really cool. They manage to look kind of ancient and advanced at the same time. Mm. The Tau are like, you know, your battle suits are really amazing. They've got all that kind of future, you know, the, the Tau would not be out of place in just like a sci fi movie set in like the yeah. 24th century or something right on earth all their weapons and all their battle suits and obviously anime vibes um you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. necrons are that kind of unknowable but yet tangible ancient you know ancient egyptian mummy zombies in space right that's what they're going <laughs> but yeah. the battle sisters are just like they're just they're, they're humans for a start which i think is quite appealing i've got a, although i've okay. six ones i have got a little soft spot for the armies which are just baseline people they're not enhanced they're not you know they don't have magic or you know whatever mm. equivalent is on their side. They're just a bunch of girls with guns, basically. You know, very, <laughs> yeah. very, very well trained and drilled and and kind of all that sort of stuff. But they are just human at the end of the day, and they have they have just the maddest stuff. Like they have yeah. a tank that's an organ gun that fires missiles. They have <laughs> flaming braziers on everything. They walk around with you know these ludicrous spikes everywhere, right? Which again, I know Chaos Space Marines do. But these guys are supposed to be like the Imperium. I mean, they're, they're essentially yeah. an army of, of sort of battle nuns in a sci-fi universe <laughs> where you have 80-ton monsters running about that will just tear you in half in five minutes, and they go out and do it. And they're all driven by this insane religious zeal, which, you know, is not good. It's not a good thing. They're certainly, I wouldn't sit here and go like, oh, you know, the classic, are the Imperium the good guys? Well, no, nobody in the 4K universe is the good guys, <laughs> yeah. right? Let's be yeah. fair. 
but they're still i just think they're 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 that representative of that insane world that exists in a way that some of the other factions you know they all sort of get there but the sisters really encapsulate it really nicely they've got all the cherubs as well you know that the, the oh, go along with them really and, and just out those cherubs oh, so oh yeah <laughs> yeah the little fat baby with wings right that's the uh that was the old <laughs> yeah. tabletop tactics thing yep. used to do. um but even like the mortifiers and the penitent engines as well and again they are to me they are that john blanche artwork from mm, yeah. you know from that era really brought to life and and don't get me wrong i think you know my big thing with 40k is and with, with all types of is you can do it whatever way you want if you want to go for yeah. clean lines you want to go for that, you do that right that that's fine no there is no one style or no one archetype that should be considered mm. canon in air quotes absolutely yeah but to me it's just for and again i think it goes back to when i was first got into it that sort of artwork and that style was very much the way I first got into the hobby and therefore a yeah. whole army that sort of reflects that in its design style is just very appealing. And and they're also they're just mm. good fun. They're just good <laughs> fun to play with. They have a good variety. So when they refresh the range, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting and this is kind of what I really love about the the whole community. For those of you that have listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard Maxine say that she mm. doesn't like sisters for the exact same reasons that you gave there. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things that you talked about are reasons that Maxine doesn't like them. But to have a hobby where you can have both ends for the exact same reasons is such a great hobby. I completely agree. And I, my, as I say, my, my, if, if you would say to me, and sorry if this is jumping the gun on the earlier question, but if you said to me, like, why do you play 40k? Like, not just, you know, favourite arms, but why do you play? It's people. Mm. That, that's it yeah. at the end of the day. It's a sociable game. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to go out, roll some dice, have a drink, you know, meet some people, hang out and just chat nonsense about a mad sci-fi universe or some crazy fantasy realm, right? That's what it is. And you meet so many different kinds of people playing the game. You know, whether you go to tournaments or you go to casual events or just even your local group, you know, as people come and go, you will just meet so many people and get to meet people from all backgrounds and all places around the world as well. And to me, that's the best thing about it. It's just you just meet people with really interesting stories, really interesting backgrounds, and they all have a genuine love of what they're doing because it's not a quick hobby. You know, the reality is it's something we, we all sink a lot of time into it. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we think about our paint schemes, we put effort into them, and we produce these armies and then turn up and throw some dice about and go, oh, no, you've killed my Lehman Russ, right? You know, <laughs> but, but, but it's, 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 it's that passion for it. And again, that's what I think is brilliant. And yeah. that's why, you know what? Maxine's absolutely right. Like, she's absolutely right about it, what she says, right? Because that is her take on the hobby. Yeah. And that's what's, as you say, is great about it. It's that diversity of opinion, and it all exists alongside each other, and we can all just get on and, and, and have fun and play it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you, you probably know Maxine through Katie and through sort of various other things. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, um, a little bit, yeah. We, yeah, Amazing and we talked on the podcast. Well. <laughs> yeah, really, really good cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's that even even though you've got such contrasting opinions about the same army, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, it's it's about the hobby. Ah. You both enjoy the hobby. You can talk about it, and it's not like oh, you like yeah. that that army, therefore you must be bad. That's not how the hobby works. You kind of go, oh, you've got a different opinion. I don't really care. Exactly. You can that yeah. on me. Let's carry on. And do, and do you know what? Debate, debating those things in obviously in a friendly way is fun as well, right? And kind yeah. of going like, like you know, oh, you know, you, you, you know, you're an orc player. You just charge everything, right? That's the thing. Like, you know, one of I've got good friends who are orc players, and they'd be like, yeah, that's what we do. 
say there's no there's no subtlety to it, and it's yeah. You know, it's, Shout out while I'm doing it. Well, <laughs> so so do you know what? That's quite a fun, that's quite a funny one because that's one of those things where, uh, and I, I I may say something controversial. I'm not a fan of the people that scream it multiple times at two. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, which may be one of my most like hot take controversial or being an idiot <laughs> opinions, and I I fully accept that. No, 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 no. Because I just it it just like I don't know when you're like four games in. And they've been doing yeah. it. It's like, oh, come on, guys, just or at least be creative <laughs> with it, you know. Like my, yeah, I said, yeah. I actually said to my my friend Ollie, Ollie Missick, um, who who um, has some frankly stunning abilities to convert models. By the way, if you get the chance, have a look at his um, his Instagram, or if you're in a tournament, he's there. Go check out his army because it will all be custom converted with green stuff. Nice. He's got a bunch of space orcs he's doing at the moment. And they've all got like okay. space helmets on, and they're in like little, you know, NASA uniforms. It's insane oh, cool. how well how good they are. But obviously, he's a big orc player. But I said to him, I said, if I was, you know, if I was running, because I do have a small force of orcs, if I was running like an orc army at a tournament, I just feel like I just, you know, say to my opponent, say, come here, come here, come here, and just say, like that. You'd be like, what? <laughs> be like, I'm calling the what? I just told you. We like be subtle as orcs. We don't always have to be. We're just gonna we're gonna show you what we do. We don't need to sometimes you be cunning. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we can be brutal, uh, you know. Uh, but no, that that's that's like a, a very minor, uh, <laughs> very minor thing. From just like, uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's one of my stupid opinions on the hobby, which I fully admit is a personal foible. Yeah, I mean, some people love it, some people don't. Like exactly, again, yeah. that's that's the hobby. Nice. Um. So again, people that have been on your Instagram will sort of know that you've started being a tour- tournament organizer recently. Sort of, how are you finding that? Oh, it's great fun. It's brilliant. I love it. So I actually did one yesterday. Um, funny enough, the, the combat okay. patrol tournament that the uh, London Wargaming Guild runs uh, now reasonably regularly. Uh, and for anyone out there who's listening who hasn't done uh, that and is in you know the London or is able to get to London, basically, uh, you know, come on down. You're very welcome. Obviously, mm. it's 500 points, so it's a super easy tournament for like beginners. Yeah. There's um there's there's quite restrictive. It's quite different. I've, I I have I have had people say when I've sort of been messing about with list ideas say well that's not you're not playing warhammer and i'm like well mm, you, you yeah. are and actually this, yeah. this thing makes you be more creative because we have we have rules like you know you're not allowed any hqs you know yeah so you you know you can't you can't rely on stuff giving out buffs you've got to really think about mm. how you how your units interact but all that aside yeah though the to stuff is brilliant i i have a great time doing it i think it's it's a, again a great way to meet people you know you get to see some amazing armies playing being played and and you yeah. know, doing the painting competition was brilliant as well because i mean the one we did yesterday there was a massively high standard across every army like all, all the nice. entries it was and i said to them when we did the announcement of who won the painting competition i said like look between first second third and fourth in this it's like like a vote in it between all of like between each one it's wow. it's remarkable because how good all the standard is and that the chapter yeah. won a guy called Arthur Billington. He'd done an amazing uh, converted um, Catan shard uh, that was okay. a. It was like it was basically if you know the, the Silent King model um, that yeah is, it's on my shelf back there. Everyone can't see it, but you know he's got that kind of uh, he's got the Catan like trapped in there. Uh, yeah. So it was that on top of a, um, a. It was made from the Leviadon model in the uh in the Ideneth Deepkin from AOS. So like a small mm. taken a bit of the shell, the head and the, the fins. And then the oh, bottom wow. of it was the kind of the the energy effect from the um they called them the Menhirs on the side of the Silent King. Yeah. But it was that done as water. So the whole idea was like underwater oh, wow. necrons. It was yeah. just I mean it was just re- 
3D, and it obviously had all like you know seaweed and stuff on it. It was just really well done as a single model. But yeah, it, it's great fun doing that. It's kind of fun answering rules questions and having actually having stuff come up as well and going, you know, oh wait, am I right on that? You know, just thinking mm. about when you're making your judging calls. But yeah, really good way to it. And honestly, we had a lot of people. Certainly at yesterday's one, because of the, the size of the tournament, coming up and being like, look, this is the first tournament I've ever done. I had, a, I had great fun. You know, thank you for, you know, to, I mean, not really thanking me, but thanks to the LWG to, for putting <laughs> yeah. it on. Because I, I was only there really helping out. But um, Jamie, um, uh, Jamie Sanguinary Punk on Instagram, if anyone wants to check him out, he's like one of the big organizers of the tournaments in the LWG. Yeah. So it's really his baby. And uh, yeah, you know, they had a great time. And getting that feedback from people, I think, is amazing as someone helping organize these things because yeah. it really makes me go brilliant i'm glad you had a good time and i hope this spurs you on to come along to other stuff as well because i do, I do sometimes feel there is a there is a gap in and and you know i don't know if this has come up before with anyone you've spoken to but we have this constant to my mind slightly pointless argument in the community about like oh i play casual warhammer that's the only place to play warhammer mm. i play narrative warhammer that's the only way i play yeah. i play competitive that's the only way to do it you know and it's just like guys it's all the same game you're just playing variants yeah. on it right why can't we all do what we want competitive <laughs> shouldn't be scary right play or sorry yeah. tournament play should not be scary and it, it isn't for the most part and and the reputation that it gets sometimes i think is completely unfair likewise yeah. narrative events i've been some amazing narrative like nominal tournament or event days that have been just brilliant and yet there are people out there who'll be like well it's not proper warhammer unless you're playing 2000 point yeah. gt pack and it's like no it clearly is proper warhammer it's it's, it's 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 all the same thing and it's all fun and you should be able yeah. to go to these so the more people we can get to come along to these sorts of things in my view the better because it's more people to roll dice with it's more people to play warhammer with it's more people to chat to and that again going back to my point about people that's what we want so for me being yeah. a to brilliant because you get to interact with people you get to hang out you get to see all these armies being played you also get to see interesting strategies and get ideas for that for yourself in a moment of <laughs> absolutely shameless thievery <laughs> <laughs> but again that kind of feels the point of playing warhammer you look at other people's ideas and you go i'm going to use that yeah yeah i mean and, and again obviously this tournament very very small lists but i've i've played in that tournament a couple of times i've been lucky enough i've won mm. it a couple of times uh and nice. like i've been taught I, like there was a guy there chat there yesterday who was playing thousand sons and i had put together a sort of 500 point thousand sun list i was thinking about taking to that event if i wasn't going to be toing and also even if i was just going to be like a, a ringer if there was a dropout so someone could have a game yeah. and it was quite interesting just talk to him so i was like oh yeah you know i had because you know within 500 points is only so much you can do right but i was like oh you yeah. know what actually my list looked pretty much the same except he'd taken uh some zangor enlighten whereas i went for more rubrics and a zangor shaman right and we were just saying like what are the relative advantages disadvantages would, would yeah. he change it after he's played the game out how did it go from it was, it was just a really good way to talk through an army you have as well with someone else who's playing it which was great yeah absolutely i mean this has come up over and over again in the podcast it's it's incredible how open the Warhammer, Warhammer group is as a community. So even like some of the top players will talk about their list. They'll say why they made decisions. Maybe not just before a tournament or coming out of a tournament or yeah. out of a season. They'll yeah. be like, oh no, I made these decisions about these specific units for these reasons. And they're always welcoming new people. Um, I chatted to, to Jake on uh, an earlier podcast and he was saying that's what they do constantly, yeah. constantly on Vanguard Tactics is they're messaging each other saying, well, I take this unit, but I'm not going to take this one for these reasons. And then they kind of yeah. just bounce off each other and build those lists. Uh, 
Jake, Jake and I have an extensive uh, Instagram-based message history as well, based on the, which we're about to talk about leagues of Votan actually, talking about what units oh, we yeah. take. So very, very similar. And and you know what the 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 best thing I think you can do if you do go to, I mean, any event really, but especially if you go to like a competitive tournament, and you know, let's say you don't do as well as you would like, and you know, what, even if you do do as well as you would like. Ask for feedback from your opponents, right? Mm, yeah. Just be like, what you know, is there anything you think you could have done differently? Like I've had games where I got absolutely stomped by people. Yeah. Like I, I remember I had a game once where I think I lost something in the region of like twelve hundred points in my army turn one. Now oh, that was no. against an incredibly skilled opponent running the top army at the time, um, that had like all the buffs, everything else, and also we were on yeah. a board where the, the the terrain was fine, but the layout, you know, because you get those diagonal maps, mm. right? For example, yep. and I, yep. I had my sisters, right? T three one wing models. Unless you can hide them, turn one if they can get hit by something. And this was, you know, before this was a long time ago. This was before armor of contempt, before flyer restrictions may give a clue as to right. sort of what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So that, that, you know that <laughs> that's something just wiped me out. But at the end of the day, it was a case of going, you know, what just out of interest, like what would you, you know, what would you have done? How would you have handled this? Had a great chat, good yeah. time, right? You, you, you get yeah. you get something out of it because at the end of the day, if you win or lose really matter we all we all get a little bit salty i've done it right we all do but (laughs) yeah it doesn't really matter plastic toy soldiers or resin or metal depending if you're you're, i know (laughs) i know i know my friend uh morgan who plays exclusively with like world eater models from the 90s that are all metal so he's an absolute (laughs) hero in that sense if i just say yeah plastic soldiers you'd be like no no no, they are metal sir um so yeah like but you know it's just it's just fun it doesn't really matter yeah uh, but yeah, if you get some feedback, you get something out of it, and you know that that will help you improve your game. Especially if you start yeah. a new army. I always think if you start a new army, you know, expect to lose most of your new games because mm, you're gonna yeah. get used to how it runs. Especially if it's really different to what you're running before. You know, it's gonna yeah. happen, and you just kind of go, "Okay, cool, that's fine. That's how I learn." Hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so um, we've talked a lot. Of- sort of about how busy you are and and um everything like that um i mean you are the the legal team for the for the conclave everybody knows that and <laughs> um, we've also talked about the sort of podcast about sort of how difficult it was for us to find time between us mm. how do you find balancing work life and playing the game well look the short answer and the perhaps the uh the this the, the, the slightly snide answer to that is with great difficulty <laughs> but no, the, the reality is that it is really difficult. So I, you know, I, I, no, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, the job I, I do, I, I enjoy ninety nine percent of the time. Nice. You know, I'm not going to yeah. lie and be one of those people that are like, yes, everything is <laughs> wonderful all the time. You know, my boss won't begrudge me if I say there are times when it is challenging. Yeah. But you know, it, and I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough to to be in a in a very privileged job. But it comes with a lot of time commitments, and that is the reality yeah. of it. And and therefore, you know, I, it's funny actually. I was having this conversation with uh, with Josh with Warhipster the other day, and you know, I like to go to I like going to tournaments. I haven't really been to a like a, a GT type tournament in when was the last one? It was like sometime last year. Oh wow! Where I just I just haven't had time. So I, yeah. I started. I, I moved jobs. I was I was working somewhere else in in law in uh you know from from I've been in doing this since slightly worryingly since like 2015 uh, but uh, <laughs> but like i changed firms in uh 2021 uh which was okay. really weird doing that while we were it was still yeah. in a bit of a lockdown 
because my change of job was my laptop arrived. It was like, congratulations, now you're starting. Like, <laughs> okay, this is interesting. You know? So so that was that was quite the challenge. But I, I've been very busy, especially since then, and, and, and finding the time. I do, you know, I try and carve out times at the weekends, but that is my game time. Yeah. Like, uh, if yeah. someone says to me, and you know, I've I've been part of of, of leagues and and sort of teams and events where people have been like, oh, anybody up for a game at like two p.m. on a Friday, and I'm like, no, I I, can't, I just can't yeah. do that, right? You know, no 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 issue with, with you asking, but I just, I just can't because from you know in the mornings on a weekday till the evenings on a weekday, I'm done, and I know that everyone's going to go, well, yeah, that's every job's like that, but mine tends to I tend to live in a world where it's like you know I'm on from the morning. I'll if I if I'm at the office because I do do a bit of working from home as well. If I'm at the office. I'll leave the office, come home, have dinner, spend some time with my my my, my partner, and then yeah. probably do some more work to, if I need to to late mm. in the evening. So it's like yeah. the idea of just being able to rock up at six p.m. for a game, you know, at Bad Moon Cafe during the weekday has just gone out of the window for me. Um, yeah. Which does suck on one level. It really does it does mm. suck. Yeah. I'd love to do a bit more. But it does mean I've had to accept um, a move towards, I guess, what I would call a more casual Warhammer. Again, mm, with the volume of Warhammer yeah. that I'm looking at in this room, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm sort of like legally allowed to say that I'm a casual Warhammer. This is more of an obsessive Warhammer. Um, but, but I, you know, I, I don't, I certainly don't get the opportunity to go and play in as many tournaments as I used to. So the reality is that yeah. the balancing act is something has to give, and and to some mm. extent that has to be. The, that has to be the opportunity to go and play as much as I want to. That said, I do make sure I carve out time to do my painting, and that's solely because for me, what the hobby provides is a way to relax. Yeah. Um. It it, it provides a focus, and and you know to sort of allude to something I said, I said earlier, my my other half is is the reason I got back into it because basically I had a period, um you know some years ago where i was just insanely busy i was doing all nighters mm. pretty regularly um and i got i got kind of quite a bit my, through my own fault right let's be honest i was just eating really badly my diet went to pot mm. and i got quite ill off the back of that mm-hmm. and you know after that whole thing and and then you know still being busy she she sort of made this point and she said well look you, you stare at a screen all day at work you come home you you know and i would either like read something probably on my ipad like if i'm reading a book mm-hmm. or more, more more realistically i jump onto like the playstation and play yeah. that and it's just like she was like and you're just you know you're just staring at a screen on 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 that why don't you do something a bit different like didn't you and i think her exact words were didn't you used to paint those little toys or something and i was like <laughs> what well, have i yeah i haven't done that in like you know i haven't done that in 12 15 years probably at that point like I haven't done that in, in forever, probably longer than that. And uh, she said, well, why, why don't we go and look? So, you know, the inevitable happened, and we ended up in the Games Workshop on Tottenham Court Road, at which point I walked in and got myself a, um, it was the, the middle box that you could get uh, yeah. in the starter yeah. boxes for 8th edition with some Death Guard and some Ultramarines. And I sat down with some paints on, you know, what at the time was our kind of dining table. And uh, and yeah, that was the biggest mistake. Apart from you know getting with me in the first place, that was the biggest mistake she's ever made. Because now, now there's a lot of armies and a lot of paint, and it takes up a lot of room. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a relaxer. It's a way to turn my brain off and just kind of you know I yeah. can sit. I I sat here earlier today for like two and a half hours finishing the end of uh, the end of the death part one, 
um, which is a fantastic oh, nice. book, and I thoroughly recommend it. The, the last, the siege, current Siege of Terror book from Black Library. Just listening to that whilst painting this giant angry dude um, who's got <laughs> way too much brass on him for my liking. Um, but, I mean, it's uh, just chaos, isn't it? He's, you've always got a painter in. Uh, well, uh, yeah, 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 you do. With, without, actually, actually, I will say, without, with the Angron model, it, it's quite nice. You don't, you, I mean, there is trim on him, but you, you can pick that out later. It, it's not like, you know, ah, the Black nice. Legion where I'm just sitting yeah. going around the bloody trim with Regal <laughs> Brass. Uh, yeah, and the, the experience I will have with my World Eaters in due course, because I've sort of got all the contrast on them, uh, and I just now need to start doing the trim. Yeah, I'm glad I've stayed far away from that. Um, my Imperial Knights tend to be the little oh, Chaos Knights. They're not <laughs> Imperial Knights anymore. Yeah. They used to be, and then they brought out the new Chaos Knights, and I definitely felt Chaos. Oh, oh, the Chaos Knights are—they're beautiful. I mm, love them. I've, I've, yeah, I—they—I got—they were my first foray into the into the world of the Knights when they brought those out. Oh, nice. Like these are the coolest damn looking things ever. Uh, so mm, I've, I've got yeah, like Abominant, Desecrator, and a bunch of War Dogs. And they're just they're they're just brilliant. They're just so much fun. Yeah, they're awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, the abominant. I think <laughs> Josh Webster made a comment the other day because we both had experiences. Because he's got obviously got a Chaos Knight army as well. Mm. For his channel. Uh, we've both taken them to various games and tournaments. And the abominant, he never does well. Bless him. He never does well. He's never. As <laughs> he tries good. hard. Oh, he does try, but it just never works. <laughs> he's like very disappointing. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's um, one of the only ones that I've not repainted. Mm. I've changed the scheme recently, and um, uh, my Imperial Knights were sort of always on the fence between right. Imperial and Chaos, so I could kind of play them however I wanted to. Nice. Um, so they were like an, a blue and white scheme, like quite clean, and, and yeah, then I've got the new ones, and they've gone sort of bone-coloured and like a yellowy-silver, so Ooh, I've just been doing them all again. Yeah, it's the, the bones are a horrible colour to do on such big armour panels, but, but it does look good. On the panels, yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. No, but when, you know what? It's kind of one of those things where when it's done, you just look at it and go, that actually looks really good. I, I, that's yeah. one of the things I really like about, especially big models like Angron, again, is a great example. And I painted a blood, I mean, you can see a kind of theme here. I painted a bloodthirster um, <laughs> as well. And it was one of those, like, midway through doing it, I was like, oh, this what thing is awful. Like, I'm making a total mess <laughs> of this. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to the end of it, like, I, you know, I'd sort of done a bit, done the highlighting and, you know, done some dry brushing, this, that, and the other. And I was like, Oh no! You know what? He looks awesome. I'm really happy yeah. with him. It's like, how did I come from that? From what this, what this was, you know, <laughs> two days ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no. And big models are good actually for the whole time sink mm. debate uh, in terms of finding timeouts. It just means I can spend a long time in short periods, short bursts, working on one model, which is quite nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've made two mistakes with my nights. The first one is I've decided to paint all the cables. Well, nobody's going to look at them apart from me. They will be uh, good. You're, you're, you're a braver man than I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the other one is I've decided to sort of spruce up the bases and I'm putting Black Legion on the bases. Um, so, yeah, I'm painting okay. Black Legion models without having a Black Legion army. So, I'm doing all the trim, but with very little benefits of actually right, doing the trim. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying. Oh, It'll look good when they're done. You know what you've got to do? It'll be more effort initially, but you're already putting a lot of effort in. You've got to drill a little hole in the leg. Right, and a little hole in the base. Stick some magnets in there, and then that means that if and when you're like, right, I want a full black legion, I'll be just be like, right, I'll take those five off there. Boom, there we go. I've got a squad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is true, and I have thought about doing that. Uh, so the nice, knights are going to go on nice. like cork bases. They they're going to go on everything like that. So easy to have magnets. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm probably going to pick up the new DA box. Uh, yes. With, um, yeah. 
Archipto or whatever, I can't remember what his name is. Um, and so, yeah, even more. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't but that's, do that's it. the joy of it, right? Is, is you just end up, you end up kind of doing, you'll start with one, you know, like you'll start with one model and then go, oh, I guess I'm going to do this now, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. for my Chaos Knight, so I, I got a, the, the desecrator the 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 you know the one with the gun mm. that was the longest yeah. was the was the sort of original chaos knight release they came out with i got one of them when, when yeah. they came out with those i thought oh they look really cool and i sort of half built him started working on him did a little bit of work on him and was like okay you know maybe he'll be you know again this goes to when it came out like maybe he'll be like a support role for you know some chaos space marines or something then they announced mm. the you know the army box with the revised range and the actual war dogs because the thing is, the yeah. armages that were converted, people did some amazing conversions, but I was like, they're not, they're not chaosy enough. And then they, yeah, when they, they're still clean. Yeah, exactly. And then they, they're more like you know, like renegades, which is still, still cool. And then they brought mm. out the war dogs. I was like, I am in on that. The, the big <laughs> thing for me is the different faces, the different masks yeah. they all have. So I ended up because I've got what six of them, seven of them. I think I've got seven of them. I ended up having to nice. work out how because I wanted each one to have a unique face. So like one of them. Yeah, so one one of them's got like the head off of a um a corn juggernaut, and he's obviously the corny oh, okay. one. Uh, I've got one that's got the there's like the mask bit that's off of the top of a um not a soul grinder the other not the other version of that the, the, the uh, big spider yeah. tank thing for chaos like never yeah I know what you're talking about. Do you know the one? You know the one I mean? Yeah, yeah it's one of those. There's too many names of Warhammer. The big spider tank, <laughs> that's what we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's off the like face, off of the little head that sort of slightly awkwardly pokes out the top of that. So he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like got a silver mask, right? So he's like a Slaneshi one. So I've got like a variety okay. of different, you know, different heads in the army, which I think it just makes the whole thing very cohesive and it looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't go for putting full Marines on the bases. I went with little barb, mini barbed wire, snow yeah. Yeah. and like skulls and tufts and stuff. That's my like classic way out for quick basing. Although what I will say, I did on the abomination. I did invest it, which is again sad because he he just never lives up to it, right? But I was like, I'm going to really <laughs> yeah. invest some time in this guy. So he's got on his shoulder pads and on his um, uh, his tilting shield. He's actually got um, uh, modern earth. I think it's modern earth crackle paint with okay. um, like with with uh, some. Like various flesh terrors, blood angels, and blood for the blood god, all over the top of it. So it looks like dried, oh, cracked okay. blood. Yeah. And on his base, I used the guy from um, Zeras, the the Illuminor Zeras, uh, the, yeah. the guy who's kind of getting turned into goo. Yeah. So he's on the base, kind of crawling away, getting turned into goo. The idea being that he oh, psychically awesome. turns people into mm. you know mush and adds them to his armor, and that's where he draw- he does that to psychers, and that's where he draws his power from. Um, is the kind cool. of story behind that one. So yeah, I had to paint him up and do all the, the and and the little like the trail of goo that comes off him is quite delicate. So I'm always really worried <laughs> yeah. it's just going to snap off. <laughs> but you know, it's okay now. It's all right. It hasn't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully it will sort of stay. I, I guess that's kind of the thing when you're transporting knights, things like that. You, you tend to be relatively careful because you, you kind of have to because they're so big anyway. Yeah, I must admit, the first time I took them out for a spin, working out how to get the 2,000 points into my, like, because I have one of those, you know, magnet box case things mm, that I, I yeah. was very kindly bought as a sort of Christmas present a while ago. Um, and that has massively, I mean, I could have just, I've seen people since be like, we just use a, one of those nice and easy storage boxes and get a metal <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That would be that's what I've got, yeah. Economy solution, but this is what I was given. So, <laughs> so but try to fit all of them because you can, like, swap the shelves around. And I was like, yeah. okay, it needs to be this height. 
oh, no, it doesn't fit. It needs to be this high. <laughs> I was like, okay, can I fit more dogs on the top? It was like, just, just about, just about. So yeah, that was, that was quite an interesting journey trying to work out how many, how many sort of carrying devices I would need to bring an entire night army to, to any sort of event. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got the sort of really easy storage boxes and I put them in there and I still put loads of bubble wrap in. I, I don't oh, quite it's... trust it enough. You have to, right? You have to. Um, <laughs> I remember. I remember Josh was saying he because when he he bought his demons army, so we you know I've seen that in the flesh. But I remember when I was building the bloodthirster, and he said, "I said, oh, you know, he's obviously very tall." He said, "Wait till you put the wings on, he just gets <laughs> ludicrous." And and he he was saying that for his when he took his demons army, he had to buy a new one of those like a, a completely separate, <laughs> yeah. really useful box because. For some reason, the Bloodthirster is much taller than like Bellacor or the Lord of Change <laughs> or any or the the Keeper of Secrets. So he has to have his own box just to fit him in because he like he's obnoxious and flamboyant and has massive wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's that's the standard. <laughs> okay, let's um, sort of move away from sort of core Warhammer now, sure. and um, we'll pull into the sort of community side things more. Obviously, that's something that you do. Um, so what, what sort of originally made you kick off wanting to make content on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever? So the first thing that, so the, 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 the Concave, the podcast, really came out of um, just us chatting during lockdown on, um, mm. do you remember that app House Party? Yeah. That was, that was like the thing that did it. We basically, we, we, were, we were on that almost constantly during lockdown like in the evenings especially yeah. when we were painting and stuff because obviously you know especially lockdown you're just again you're losing that social aspect you're not seeing people right so yeah. we all wanted to you know hang out and stay in contact so we really sort of used house party quite heavily and i think one night i was just we were just messing about and i joked and i said oh you know we should we should make a podcast out of this i think quipster was going on some big like story some law thing because he knows he knows the law incredibly well right? typical Alex um, and uh, and he was going on something and we were sort of debating the final points of whether Fulgrim should sound French or something probably um, <laughs> and I, I jokingly I said you know oh, we should make a podcast out of this. and then we were like yeah do you know what Let, let's do it right there's, because t- to us at the time it seemed like there were a lot of you know the sort of what I would call the competitive type podcasts and again this, mm, this yeah. may be a misimpression because of what we listened to and what was available yeah. rather rather than what was available but there was a lot of like you know oh here we're, we're going to chat through army lists or we're going to review codexes but there wasn't really anything that was just like we're just a bunch of people sitting around talking about our hobby that yeah. we all love and that's how we got started and that's what we've done ever since and we've expanded it now to um, have again because of like availability just we, we found we had a, we had a break for about six months because um mm. unfortunately someone's got quite ill and there was some you know issues trying to get together to do it and obviously the job yeah. work was busy for all of us it was just like a real conflation of things and you know in order to kind of deal with that and keep availability keep sort of people able to come along and attend stuff we we launched the voices in the warp as well which is just mm. you know another group yeah. that's doing doing basically the same thing under the same conclave show with a bit with a bit less structure because with the conclave you know yeah. we, we always sort of sit there and planned out what we were going to talk about or pick a topic and, and focus on that whereas you know voices is very much just literally it's us recording ourselves hobbying yeah you know, and we are you can hear you know to be fair and i i hold my hands up in terms of like production or anything like that we're no good right mainly because it's just me and i don't get time <laughs> but so you can hear yeah. you know you can hear the sort of like in the background as, as paintbrushes are, uh, you know, are dried off or, or dabbed off or whatever. So it, it's very much kind of a very casual thing. But that's how we got started. I did make a brief foray into 
the world of YouTube, uh, but mm. I, again, time was the biggest problem mm. on that for me. And it was like, I can either, uh, what, I, what I found at one point was I was spending more time worrying about editing videos mm. and editing, yeah. you know, not, not that my videos were either particularly good, particularly informative, or frankly, particularly well put together. <laughs> and I was just spending so much time worrying about that. I wasn't painting my models and I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying yeah. it, to be quite honest. I just wasn't enjoying it. And it was one of those things where you get, in, you get sucked into the algorithm of like, you know, yeah. oh, I, I need to, you know, I need to reach this many followers. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. Mm. And also, you know, it's not, you know, with, with no, with no disrespect whatsoever to people who make whole careers out of YouTube, because to be honest, it's fantastic. It's just like, that's never going to be my job. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to do that myself. For me, I have a career that I, you know, I'm, I want to do well in. So, that sort of made the decision to step back from that a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and you yeah. know, I still, I still do the kind of live streaming. Uh, basically, I parasite off of Josh. Uh, to be quite frank, uh, no, <laughs> but he, he like, he like gets me on to do things now and again. So, so we, we do some stuff together. But that, that's why I've sort of had to limit myself to, you know, what we'll do podcasts, we'll get those out there, and I post stuff on Instagram that's just, have I painted something or have I been to an event and seen something cool? I post that. That's that's yeah. about the extent of it because, as you know, as we, as we talked about busy you've got other things to do and i don't want to be chasing again chasing the algorithm in one way or another mm. um i'd rather be in a position where i'm doing something because i really enjoy it you know um, yeah absolutely yeah it's that yeah. prioritization of time isn't it um, and when you don't have the time you, you kind of don't want to spend it doing something you're not enjoying what's the point exactly 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 you know and I, it's it's not my skill set uh it's not what i'm amazing at so i'd rather and to be honest the fact that people want to talk to us, want to listen to us yammering on about <laughs> Warhammer, to me, is a massive compliment. Because, uh, you know, yeah. I always say on the episodes, right, I'll, I'll keep, we'll keep doing it as long as you keep listening. That, that's it at the yeah. end of the day. We just do it because we think it's fun and we'll put it out there. And if you want to listen to it, that's amazing. That is a huge compliment because, honestly, we're just ordinary people. We don't have any particular, you know, we don't have a particular set of skills that I will find you and all that sort of stuff. And none of that. It's just we, we just we just love the hobby. We like talking about the hobby. Part of that means moaning about the hobby as well now and again. It is what it is. Yeah. But that's that's what it's born out of. And, and you know, like Sandman, my, my friend Ed, Sandman, he's a great example. It's like he said, you know, he could literally talk for hours about Warhammer. And yeah. I'm the same. And that that's 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 what we do. And that's where the kind of content, for me, that's what I want to make in terms of content. And if people find that yeah. interesting, they want to get involved, they want to send us comments, they want to talk to us. Amazing. Because, again, like to meet people, like to talk to people community is what the hobby is all about and if it encourages people to go and get into it or play it or do things or try things that's the best thing in the world in my opinion yeah absolutely i mean it's one of the pleasures of making this podcast is the fact that i get to chat with people like you and alex and ed and josh i spoke to josh last week and um, i i get the enjoyment of yes, chatting yeah. with you guys and i can put it out on the internet and say it's for a reason it's it's not i just get to talk to people meet new people and sort of chat for hours and end about the sort of hobby that we we all love yeah, exactly. And um, I've got to say that the con the conclave is my favourite podcast. That that's like that is so kind. Genuinely, and I I I mean that you know I don't want to be like one of those kind of like oh my god that's so kind of you. That's so nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, no, it's, no. Genuinely, that is that is amazing. Like the, the the fact that anybody listens to us to me is like what how why. Um, <laughs> but when people say that, and you know, I have had a couple of people say, oh yeah, you know, we're really glad you're back. Like, when are you going to be back? Like this. Like, yeah it's like yeah it's amazing i love it i love i love that and, and that's why i always do try and say in the episodes like comment on instagram send us messages there's a guy called ian 
uh, who sends his message all the time. Who's it, like it, brilliant. I love it. He t- he gives us. <laughs> he, he's, he's like he, he pointed out the other week that like uh, the sound levels were a bit weird, which was really helpful because obviously until we put it out there again, because I'm not like, <laughs> yeah. captain producer, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know, so it's, it's good to get that feedback. And you know, as I always say, look, there's stuff you want us to talk about. If there's any topic you want us to focus on, just let me know and we'll do it. I think yeah. for the conclave, I'm sorry to put like an ad from my podcast in no, your no, podcast. No. This, put was, it in. this was bad. But put it saying, in. on the conclave, I think we will we will be doing a main sort of a mainline episode, a conclave episode fairly shortly, because the idea is we are gonna talk about the end and the death, the the secret oh, nice. terror volume one. Because I've just awesome. finished it. I know Quipster's working his way through it. And I think Ed's working his way through it as well. So we're gonna we're gonna do a, a review and we're gonna talk about it because there's some pretty big stuff in that book. And it's yeah. it's you know it's getting there, it's getting towards the end. And I as I say I finished it this afternoon. Obviously, I won't give anything away at this point. But I at the end of it I went woo like that to the point <laughs> my partner in the other room went, "Are you all right?" As something happened, and I was like, "No, no, I've just finished my book." Uh, so uh, so yeah, we'll we'll do that and we'll have voices in the warp as well where we'll just chat about you know what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, Friday we normally record on a Friday, and this Friday uh, I I wasn't available. A couple of the other guys weren't available as well, so we, we are going to have to miss a week, unfortunately. But you know, we will we will we will get back to it um, as soon as we can. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to sort of get that schedule. I mean, it's, we found it difficult. I, I see lots of things sort of around the podcast. Um, I mean, the podcast for me is I asked other people to come on, so I basically based my entire thing off everyone else's availability. So yeah, yeah. this is probably going to be one of the first times since I started the podcast that I've had more than one recorded before it needs to go out. So like literally right. on Thursday coming, the episode with Josh needs to go out. I basically just started editing it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be nice to have a, a second one with two weeks buffer. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Well, well, look, as I say, I, I genuinely, I'm really glad we could actually get this booked in and have a yeah. chat because I say, the, you know, chatting to people about Warhammer is the best thing about it by, by a mile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I echo what you sort of say about the people who comment and stuff. I love it when people come in and comment. I've got a few, a few people who message me quite regularly. And probably one of them who does it the most is, is Boss Ferrato. He messages me like pretty much every episode. He's always like shouting me out on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And then we got chatting. And so we end up talking about like, well, what, what could I have done on this one? How could I have done it differently? Um, I've thought about going on and doing like like a live show, like um, there's sort of live stuff on Instagram or YouTube, whatever, where you just sit and paint. And yeah. if anybody wants to come and chat, then just come and chat with me. Um, yeah, just like chatting through that that stuff with him. So it's really nice to be able to have that chat with people that you've you've never known. And yeah, it's, it's just really nice to sort of bounce the chat off. Um, yeah, it's probably yeah, he's probably going to listen to this and shout at me. Never have Adam on again. <laughs> That's my advice. Get, why would you have this guy on? He's a clown. Uh, no, no. Well, no, that's. I mean, that's great. That's that's like. I think that's that's the the, the thing that really makes it worth doing. Um, at the end of the day, yeah. For, for any sort of content creation, so no, big, 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 big fan of that for sure. Yeah, it's just so cool. And if anybody wants to message me, just just do it. Just absolutely do it. Yes, it yeah, hands yeah. a lot bigger than I am. Yeah. But, um, that's for sure. But but yeah, I I no, I'm not. I'm not. I, like this is the thing. I am not. I mean, you know what? I, I <laughs> so. I think Quipster does this better than I do because Quipster used to do this thing a lot where he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I was at such and such," and this person was like, "Oh yeah, you're Quipster, Conclave, I listen to the Conclave, blah blah blah." blah, blah. Yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, what was that like?" You know, I don't know. I just don't know how to <laughs> like the point at which if I'm anywhere and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, I listen to this," I'm like, "Oh man, that's really cool," but like, no, I'm look, I am not a bit. I am not a big. Deal. There are people out there who are genuine like big deals in the community. Right? <laughs> yeah, I am not yeah. one. I am a, at best a lower middling loudmouth. <laughs> with a with a media device that allows me to broadcast my own nonsense, like some basement-based crank, 
with a tinfoil hat on, you know, <laughs> telling you about the government or something. Um, in, in I'm that, but the hobby equivalent. But I, you know what? I, I just what I will say is, even when we moan and we do moan, we have moans. We like to be positive, right? We like yeah. to try and be positive because, again, it is all about. I, I, there's so much stuff out there, and actually, I would say this specifically in relation to Warhammer, right? There is a lot of stuff out there in terms of you know content. I guess is the overarching umbrella of it, yeah. but you know, videos, maybe not so much podcasts because I think you have to spend a lot of time, you know, usually with other people because you know, a one man podcast that's just you doing a monologue <laughs> is is a bit. Because we, uh, to be clear, we have had times when people haven't been able to do episodes, and I've seriously gone. I probably should get one out. Do I just monologue for two hours? No one wants to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> the wise decision was not to do that. But, you know, I think, you know, especially in like the world of YouTube, negativity generates more hits than positivity, mm. right? And you see it out yeah. there. And I, you know, look, I won't, I won't pick on anyone in particular, but there are, there are whole like Warhammer channels that are just dedicated to just being like, this thing is the worst thing ever. This thing is a terrible mm. decision by Games Workshop. Why would you use this thing? You know, and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, really? Come on, guys. Like, you know, yeah. again, why why do we do this? We do this to have some fun, to play about, right? Be grown adults with little plastic toys, right? On a tabletop <laughs> yeah, yeah. and meet people and have a good time, right? And it's it's fun to debate some of the things that are a bit egregious and talk about things that are a bit mad and you know what if you think the desolator marines look terrible that's fine that's a legitimate yeah. opinion to hold right that's okay no one's going to argue with you know well, people will argue with you but no one's going to be like <laughs> you cannot believe that you know but at the same time like that's just there's, there's that and then there's just being relentlessly negative um, yeah. I, know, I, I know this is like a Josh and I have talked about this a lot and I know it's like a bugbear of his in the hobby as well um, it's just like relentless negativity about it to the point where you just with some things I just look at it and I'm like but why do you do it then you just, mm. you, just you just seem to hate it so much and the people I meet and, and look these are people with big audiences right these are people who have, who have you know again like to the extent I, I these are people who are genuine big cheeses in the world of, of Warhammer Consecration and yet their big cheesiness is based on you know adopting a, a sort of rind of negativity and, and attracting that and it's like but, but, but why? But if you if you hate yeah. it that much, why do you, why you do it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the, what's the point? Like, just go and do something else. And I actually saw a really good comment on this today. On um, I think it was on you know, Warhammer Twitter of all places, where there was sort of some debate about Warhammer versus other tabletop games, and about this idea that you know, I guess that the negative view is that Warhammer is so all consuming that it blocks out access to other tabletop games and other other companies mm. and other producers. And like, but and I saw somebody. I think they they must own like a gaming shop or something or some sort of review thing. Kind of pushed back and said, "Well, look, the way to do that is say why other game, be it I don't know, BattleTech or Kings of War or uh, A Song of Ice and Fire or, or I mean, they, they, you could you know Malifaux or like there's loads yeah. out War Machine. I mean, the fact that I would consider myself to be absolutely a Warhammer nut, but I can easily name all those other games shows that they're clearly not obscured, in my view. But yeah. nonetheless, the way to do about that, like the way to get me as you know your 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 Warhammer simp involved in those games is <laughs> tell me why they're good, tell me yeah. why you enjoy them, tell me why why I should go play them. Right? Don't just go, oh, the new Desolator Marines are terrible. You should all go and play BattleTech. It's like, well, that's that's not going to work, right? Because yeah. I don't care that they might. I th even if I think they look terrible, I just won't buy them. 
right? It's yeah. not going to stop me playing Warhammer. If you, but if you go to me, hey, you know what? Um, you really like playing with like uh, like knights and battlesuits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Okay, well, we've got an entire game that's giant robots, and it's got really cool shooting rules. It's really quick. It's really easy to get into. The rules are really simple. Come and give it a go. I would like hundred percent. Someone turned around tomorrow and said, and again, if I had the time, someone turned around tomorrow and says, <laughs> I'm running like a battletech like intro event or a song of ice and fire intro event. Come along, have a game, see what it's like. I'll be like, yeah. Tell me, tell me how yeah. the rules work. I'll give it a go. Right. I'm much more likely to do that than if you just go. Your thing that you enjoy is rubbish. Go, go and do other nebulous thing. Right. I, I, yeah. that's my, that's my view. Sorry. This is like, this is rapidly turning to my, my Alex Jones <laughs> style. <laughs> ah, the government, ah, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I won't do, but you know, that, that's my, that's my, I think my, my big bugbear with, with a yeah. lot of, of content creation is some of it and a big proportion of it can be so negative. And I, I just don't mm. like that because again, the people you meet at tournaments, people you meet at any sort of event, and this is why I sort of go, who is your audience to these people? Clearly, very big audiences, but I'm like, who is your audience? Because the people I meet who actually play the game, most of them just go, yeah, that's rubbish. I don't like that. And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm, yeah. but again, I don't, I'm not omnipotent and omnipresent. As, we, as we've discussed, I, you know, I, bear, I can't really attend events anymore. But like when I attend large scale events and have met lots of people and have been lucky enough to meet lots of amazing people doing this hobby, universally everybody though they will have their gripes and their moans and this that and the other they're generally like yeah it's a great game that's why i play it it's great fun yeah. uh, and i don't like you know that style of thing and i'm like who are you preaching to then <laughs> who is paying your subs <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i guess when you go into sort of the unfiltered internet i don't know like facebook groups and things like that there is so much negativity i feel sort of similar to you i feel like negativity breeds negativity and um, so all of these groups yeah. just will just be continually be negative someone will kick it off and it will just turn into a fight and they'll just spiral down. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people who actually enjoy the game, and then when you sort of look at your podcast, look at some of the other creators on Instagram, there's a really positive environment and they tend to bring positive people with them. Similar to you, I've never really met anyone that really hates the game because otherwise exactly. they wouldn't be playing the game. It's expensive and it's really time consuming. Exactly. Like, why yeah, would yeah. you do it? It's it's arguably more expensive <laughs> than drugs. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, it is, it is. Anybody do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why would anybody do it if they really hate it that much? But yeah, yeah I don't get it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I, again, I think it's about like I would, you know, to, to take it a step further. When you know, when you see a lot of the negativity is around like people playing the game. Like, like, let's mm. be honest, and it may be a controversial topic. But let's touch on it if if that's okay. But like, people, yeah, there's a lot of hate out there. I think sometimes yeah. there's a lot of hate towards marginalized people sometimes, right? It mm, is. Yeah. It's it's a horrible, I mean, that's that's humanity, right? It's a horrible fact of the, the world we live in. And I've got obviously, you know, zero tolerance for that sort of thing. But like, yeah. also, again, to what I said earlier, logically, like, why? Why wouldn't you want, yeah. you know, this whole thing about this whole topic of gatekeeping, which I always see come up, mm. which again, you know, social media amplifies this stuff. We get these people who are like, oh, we must gatekeep the hobby brothers and all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, one, you absolute dweeb come on man like <laughs> two you know you, you think you're like captain you know you think you're this six foot muscle bound you know superhuman it's like <laughs> you're not though are you um <laughs> right but but then on the other on the other hand it's like why why would you want that mm. why would you not want more people to play the game with 
The game lives and dies yeah. on the number of people that play it, right? That's the reality. Absolutely. And therefore, yeah. if someone wants to come along and do their army of female space marines, right? Because that's the that's the third rail of Warhammer <laughs> at the moment for some stupid reason is the, the female space. <laughs> if someone comes along and says, "I'm going to play you," and I've got my whole army of like female space wolves, I would not give a monkey's no. about that. It's somebody to play Warhammer with. Why do you Absolutely. care? Right. The yeah. more people play it, the more people you meet, the more people you roll dice with, the more games you're going to have, the more fun you're going to have. That That's it at the Absolutely. end of it. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. like, unless somebody has, like, a gratuitously offensive army, and, you know, <laughs> we've all seen certain takes on Black Templars or, you know, various yeah. references to real-world ideologies which have appeared at uh, times on the internet, those are not okay. We don't like those. But beyond that, let your creativity go wild, and I'm never going to turn yeah. around and be like, you know, oh, you, I'm not going to play you, because this. I Actually, it's funny, I saw <laughs> more of an amusing anecdote than a, than a sort of uh, uh, one that focuses on the sort of much more controversial things. But I did see somebody post the other day in the fun, fun world that is Warhammer Reddit, where they said, hey, I, so I went, I'm a relatively new player. I have like a Jormungandr um, Tyranid army. And listen, I have a big mm. Tyranid army, as you've probably seen from my Instagram. I could not tell you at this particular time, off the top of my head, what the Jormungandr colour scheme is. I think it's like <laughs> blue and white, but I don't know, right? And also, they're Tyranids, who cares? But yeah. he, he was like, he was posting, he was like, yeah, so I went to this gaming store and um, I was going to play this dude. And uh, he told me, I he said, oh, you know, watch your army. And I said, oh, yeah, they're Tyranids. I'm probably going to run them as Gorgon today for the Hive Fleet. Again, off the top of my head, I could not tell you what the official Gorgon colour scheme is, <laughs> and nor do I care. But this guy did, and this guy said, I'm not going to play you unless you play it as Jormungandr, because they're ah. painted as Jormungandr, and I'm going to get confused. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy was like, you know, am I, you know, it was one of those kind of like, uh, you know, am I the asshole type posts that you see on Reddit, right? It was, the guy was like, yeah. was, I, was I, you know, I just said to him, okay, but if that, I don't really want to play you if that's the way we're going to do it. Mm. So, you know, yeah. if you don't mind me saying, just, you know, apparently it was at some sort of event, right? There were other people there. It wasn't like pairs or anything. So it was just like, okay. so he just said, why don't you find another opponent and I'll, I'll swap with somebody else, right? We'll just do that, like, amicably. And everyone in, you know, everyone in the comments was like, no, man, that's, that's entirely fair. Like, Tyranids only got official colour schemes, like, three years ago or something like you know or, or relatively recently in the, in the edition so like why does it matter and it's that was more of a kind of a, a very extreme funny example right but but you i think you, you do get that sometimes uh unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you you definitely get those people who they're they're massive assholes and they're just not gonna get a game because you'll play it once and you're like well i'm never gonna play them again Exactly. No, exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's one of those things where it's like, as long as you're, cl- I think, as long as you're clear, because that question, that's like a classic to me. That's like a classic, um, you know, relative. Be- I would say relative beginner hobby question people get is like, if I paint my X as Y, or if mm. I paint my, you know, if I paint my ultramarines green, right? Is this going to be a problem? And it's like, no. As long as you're upfront and clear about what they are, right? Obviously, if they're covered in dark angels symbology, right? Again, it's not going to be a problem if you tell them, say, oh, actually, I'm running the all as Ultramarines. They're like, okay, fine. But there are some people who might, you know, uh, sorry, lots of people, there might be some tournaments in particular where, you know, mm. especially the GW ones, because they're quite hot, I find, in a way that is maybe a little unfair on Space Marines, unfortunately, uh, mm. on the, like, WYSIWYG, but to the extent of the paint schemes, which can be a bit weird, because, like, you know, yeah. again, the Tyranids, I mean... Oh, yeah, I, I can't mine, tell the difference. Mine are, like blue, orange, and yellow. I mean, God knows what high fleet that is, like Jaffa Cake, right? Um, and that was actually suggested to me. I did have a... I need to do that at some point. I did at an event a while back 
run a thing where people could, my opponents and anybody else, could write down a suggested name for my Hive fleet. And I had all sorts of suggestions from the very serious to Hive fleet Jaffa Cake. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I need to pick a name for them, actually. That, that does remind me. But yeah, like, what would I run them as? I don't know. What would GW do? Whereas, you know, if your Space Marines are red, you know, people are going, well, they're clearly Blood Angels. You go, well, they're a Space Wolves successor. You know, it's how do you, how do you kind of balance that? So that's yeah. going to be a bit unfair. But otherwise, you know, do what you want. Do what you want, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm going to get a game of it, so I don't really care. As long as I can, exactly. sort of, as long exactly. as you can tell exactly. me, as long as I know roughly, I guess when it comes to competitive again, color scheme doesn't really matter. Um, as long as I know what's in that unit, what I should be focusing on. Yeah, that's the only thing that really matters to me. Yeah, um, because that's going to affect how I play the game. If they come up to me and they say oh, they're painted blue, even if they've got ultramarine symbology on them, and then they say, "Oh, I'm going to run them as dark angels." Well, now I know they're dark angels. Yeah, I know, and, and you know what? If you get stuck, ask a question. That's my classic Absolutely. one. It's just like, if I, like, you know, the, the the one for me that always happens with that, mainly because I apparently am semi-blind, but it's like when you're dealing with war gear and they're like, you know, they've reminded you mm. that one of the sides yeah. has a melt and you're like, is that the one with the, oh, you know, with a, uh, or an Inferno pistol? You're like, is that the one with the yeah. Inferno pistol in it or is it that one? Oh, it's that one. Okay, I'm going to shoot them because I don't like him. Uh, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing, right? But it's always just, yeah. uh, again, thinking about the game and how the game works. It's like, ask lots of questions, you know, as you yeah. go through. And, if you're the receiving end of the questions, right? Be honest, be open, be yeah. clear. Don't try and like it's that whole thing about like gotcha hammer as well. You know, mm, like it's, yeah. it's just like tell your opponent. You obviously don't have to tell them everything, but tell your opponent broadly what your army does. And 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 I think for and I think like Stephen Box and the Vanguard Tactics Vanguard Tactics guys have had a good take on this that I've heard previously, yeah. where they make the point that you want to be asking like certain key questions before you start a game. You know, if you're especially if you're yeah. going to a competitive tournament and you're relatively new, like asking. Can you stop me deep striking? Have you got like an all spec scan equivalent? Can you advance and charge? Can you do this? Can you do that? And obviously, not to the point that it slows the game down, because you know you, you often at those, especially those high level events, they might want to play on, on clock on chess clock. Yeah. But asking the right questions at the right time and just knowing what you're doing can really help you because then you won't feel silly when you've made mistakes. And like I had a mm, I had a great yeah. game against um, Mike Costello from uh from vt back uh this was like the gunahammer open i think it was the first one they did in the uk okay, yeah. where i was i was running my sisters and i was up against him in like the second round and mike was running his death watch and mike is the best death watch player in the world which was yeah. which was which, again was an amazing learning experience it was actually like a really like it it, it wasn't the whitewash that i initially was like oh god okay. it's gonna be it was a really good yeah. game it was close obviously he won he won it on the on the points he played the game you know brilliantly but talking to him and, and understanding what the army could do especially with death watch where they have a lot of tricks and they have a lot of you know yeah. turn things on and off was really key in doing it and like i made the reason i, I bring him up um because he's a lovely bloke and i think this example will kind of elucidate that is like i you know i dropped in a unit of um i guess they would have been seraphim the sisters with the, the pistols yeah. at the time rather than the zephyrin um in either case, I dropped a unit in, and he I'd completely forgotten Auspex Scan, right? Classic mm. mistake. I'd just forgotten Auspex Scan. And he had, like, a unit of um, aggressors that were just mm, within okay. the 12-inch range to do it. It was, it was, I think it was aggressive. It was something that just had a lot of output, and I think, as I say, I think yeah. it was, like, aggressors, or there was certainly, like, an aggressor in the kill team, so they can do mixed kill teams. Mm. And he said to me, he said, okay, so I'm going to Auspex Scan, and I went, I went oh, you know, because I just forgot, I was like, oh, damn it, I forgot that. And he was like, do you, do you want to you know, do you want to take back the move or whatever? Like, do you want to do that? And I went, no, oh, no, nice. you know, fair enough. I've dropped him in. They're there. Like, that's fine. I completely forgot my fault. And he was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to do that. He said, I thought you realized, but you know, that's fine. I thought you'd get that in. 
and that was a great like good example of where i made an error and mm. mike was you know informed me immediately as soon as it happened and basically said you know look i'm gonna do it and i yeah. was like you know what it's my mistake he said yeah you know it's fine we'll do it and talking to him about what how to play the game differently what to do was brilliant afterwards which is i think why he because he yeah. does coaching right and i i i think that's yeah. i think he would make a fantastic coach because he was just really good at taking us through that um so yeah you know, good good example of asking the right questions you know well a bad example because i didn't ask the right questions but, you know adding <laughs> yeah. a reason to ask the right questions get the feedback at the end of the game have a yeah. chat you know it's, it's always good yeah i mean jake gave a really good example of when when i was chatting to him he he plays some gotcha lists, um, but it was going to be, go into a game and be like, "Look, I've got a thing that I can do," yeah. and it'd be like, I've, "I can be twenty-four inches, I can get a character," and then if they go, yeah. "Oh, how do you do that?" He'll answer it absolutely, completely, honestly. Like, use this, this, and this, and this is how I do it. If they don't ask, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll just make sure. He'll just make like double sure. This is I got you. Are you happy? And yeah. like, he's really open about it. And I mean, the, the VT guys are really, really good example of that. When you go on their channel, things like that. I, I play the same. I play a lot of casual, and I'll play sort of against the same sort of guy. And he'll do something like, "Oh, are you sure you want to be in this range? Because you might be like in, I don't know, consolidation range." So it's just a reminder yeah, yeah. that this guy's actually got a six-inch consolidation, just just to be sure. Yeah, stuff like that. I, I think it's, it makes the game much more friendly. I guess. Well, well, yeah, and I also I also think if you if you win a game through doing that, like like you say, like six inch heroic interventions or consolidations are a really good examples. If you just win the game off the fact that like your opponent just you know wasn't wasn't aware of that or just didn't know, and you just like oh yeah, I've just heroically intervened everything and then smash you around the head with a thunder hammer, right? Yeah, that you you won't learn anything from that because ah, then and anyway. then you'll go and then you'll go and play. So, you know, you'll, you'll get really good with your army. You know, playing all these games where you just do all this kind of slightly janky, well, not janky, but you know, you, you use all the rules, you know them yeah. better than your opponent. You get to the end, and then you'll go and play somebody who does know all of that. You know, mm-hmm. not even necessarily at like top level, but someone who just knows the game as well as you do, and then none of your tricks will work that you've yeah. become reliant on, right? And it's like then you're like, oh god, and it's like no, you just you know, <laughs> you just need to play against people who are who who you know, or, or ask the right questions and get that game state clear and disclose it and be yeah. honest about it. And I think that leads to a better game. I think it means you learn more and I think it means your opponent mm. has a better time as well. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've yeah. had, you know, I've, I've had examples. Like I, I have one game that always stands out in my mind where I just, it was just a really bad experience overall um, because, the, and this was, this was like back in 8th edition and mm. I had some, I had my Space Marines I ran them as Iron Hands because you know, yeah, I'm not gonna fil- filthy met filthy meta chaser, right? I was trying. It, it was in a it was in like a you know a competitive league, so I was trying to do well. And I remember I I played okay. a chap who he had like he had like Magnus, uh, it was a Bloodthirster or Scarbrand. I'm sure it was one of the two. He had like a, a big demon. I think it was a Bloodthirster. Okay, I can't remember how this list worked exactly, but either way, he had like. He had, yeah, it must have been Magnus as like a super heavy auxiliary detachment. It must have been because the rest of it was corn demons. Because he had, yeah, he had, okay. a, he had a bloodthirster sitting at the front, and then he had Magnus next to him, and then he had Araman next to him. Oh, so it must, sorry, at the top of my head, I'm trying to remember how. Because, like, you know, when you go through your head and you're like, force organization wise, how did this even yeah. work? But I forgot, you know. I've, but I'm guessing the way it was done back in the day was like two patrols. One was Thousand Sons, one was... Um, mm, one was okay. uh, or no, because uh, Warlord, Warlord Detachment, right? Because you could take multiple characters. Yeah, yeah. So I so yeah. I, th- I think he, I think he had Magnus and Araman. He certainly had Magnus and Araman, and then the rest of it was like corn demons. So he, he, and he deployed them with 
Magnus, the Bloodthirster, and Ariman all sitting next to each other in a line at the front. Okay. You know, and obviously Magnus and the um, uh, I mean, not that we had the same cover rules back then, but they were like they were wide open basically. You could, you could see mm. most of the model, and then he sort of put the blood letters kind of on the sides with us. There was like a skull cannon each. I remember that because I was like, "What the hell is that thing? That's really cool. <laughs> That's a skull cannon." And I had like you know I had like an Iron Hands list that just goes mental on shooting, and it had yeah. like a I had a repulsor executioner in it. Right, it was. You know, it was meant to be a competitive game, and he said, "Like, bring, bring a yeah. list, right?" I said to him, "I was like, do you want to? Like, are you sure about that? De- like, we finished deploying. I was like, you sure about that deployment?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine." I went, "Well, just because if I go first, like, you do realize I can, I, I can see everything, right?" And he was like, mm. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." I was like, "Okay, fine." Anyway, we roll off. I go first, uh, and I choose to go first, as was back in the day, right? And yeah. In a, in a thing that will shock nobody with a, a tuned relatively tuned iron hands list the bloodthirster went you know especially because back yeah. in the day they didn't have demon saves or anything like that yeah. right he went pretty much straight away and magnus got down to like three wounds or something yeah like that and i had i had some um i had the the sniper dudes the eliminators as well mm, so i yeah. you know I, I put i didn't i didn't kill him but i put some shots into Araman and like you know knocked a couple of wounds off him so like the core of his army was just was just down to you know really like lower yeah. bracket and obviously he still has psychic powers but and he just got he got really annoyed about that and he was like he was like oh well this this isn't very good and i was like well i said I, and i said to him at the end it got to like turn two and i was like do you want to re-rack and we'll start again mm. because at that point magnus had died because he'd come forward done yeah. some psychic powers killed some stuff and then just got shot to death and i think i had um I would have had some uh, uh some aggressors in the list as well so i think mm. i'd send them in and just done some you know done some punching and he was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. We can just leave it there. We can just leave it there. And the game had been like mm. 15 minutes in the grand scheme of things. Wow. And it's like, and I, I said, like, do you want to, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to like try and make out like, oh, I'm the good guy. Because I was running, I was running a horrible <laughs> list. Like, I, such a, yeah. 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 Uh, it was, it was like a really, really horrid list. But then I was just like, man, that sucks. So I was like, yeah. you know, am I, am I the bad guy here? Like, I did tell him and be like, you know, you, yeah. you sure you want to deploy it? Cause I, and I, I remember I said, I, the reason it sticks in my mind is because I very specifically asked them. I was like, "Am I right in thinking like characters don't block characters, right?" For the for you know the kind of lookout sir type rules. Mm, and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, they don't." I was like, "Okay." And that's when I then said, "It was like, so you do realize if I go first, I, I can just shoot everything I have at your big guys." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine." And then obviously it wasn't fine. And yeah. it was like it was just it was just a really it was just like a really bad. That's like the one game that has always stuck in my mind as being a really bad experience and i'm like i still mm. to this day i'm like you know I, I would say in my defense partly it was my opponent because they didn't think yeah they didn't think through and i i and again i'm not particularly good at warhammer at all i wasn't strategic genius it was literally just those big things in front of me <laughs> i'm gonna shoot at them that's all it was right but yeah. i was running a a horrid list that was designed to do that so i was aware enough yeah. in my mind to go this like you're either a genius or a madman, right? <laughs> and and I'm not sure which. And and I don't know if he had some plan or some scheme to do something. And if he went first, you know, probably would have been different. The bloodthirster would have come forward. But yeah. if, when you're running your entire army on a coin flip, it's like if the coin flip goes against you, you can't be annoyed, right? It's, mm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Which is to be fair, why I deploy all my armies at the back behind cover, <laughs> like hi- <laughs> hiding in a box. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, that that was one that stuck in my mind of like sportsmanship was there, but the experience was not great overall. 
Yeah. So that that's why I've tried to like make sure, you know, to this point, like whenever I'm playing anyone, and, and to be clear, nine times out of ten, I'm that guy. By which I mean <laughs> I'm the one making slightly silly decisions because I'm not thinking through what I'm doing. Mm. That's why I try and avoid that by asking the questions, right? And then working out how things go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do the same thing. And I've, sort of, I've been honest before, I'm not the best player. Um, I'm going to try and go to a few more events this year and try and push to be a better player. But, so that's one of my targets for this year, assuming I get any time whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big one for me. And that's I play the same guy over and over again. I, I really don't mind because he's probably the best person I agree. But we, we just learn... We spend probably more time talking about why we're making decisions than we actually do playing the game. And at the end of the game, we just do like a full breakdown. It's, it's yeah, I, I learned so much from that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a really, really interesting experience to have to sort of offer that and then get the sort of negative pushback and then yeah. get it back. Yeah, and that was that was what surprised me. It was just how badly it was. How given how badly it went, how badly that was taken, and it was like. Hmm. Did you expect to happen? And and like yeah. you know, we, we, as I say, I we, because the game finished so quickly. Like he was like, oh, I'm just going to call it there. And again, look, to, to full the you know, full discussion, I've I've been salty in games. I've I've definitely done it. I've acted like a child at least once. Right? <laughs> it happens. We're human. We and we you know yeah. we, we try to avoid that. We get over it. But it was just the like you know, should we re rack? And it was like, no, I, I'm not interested. I don't want to. And it was like, yeah, okay, well, this isn't you know fine we paid for a table and now we're not going to use it like you know what i mean yeah. it was just it was just a bit of a bit of a negative experience but thankfully as i say to go back to the positivity theme thankfully <laughs> the you know i've played a fair few games of warhammer with a lot of people the vast 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 majority have been nothing like that they've they've been yeah. brilliant people brilliant games like i've and and, and to, to give a counter example of somewhere where like i'll i and again i can't remember the guy's name i'd have to look at him like my bcp history but there was a guy i played at lgt who ran black templars and he was an absolute gent he was an absolute hero to the point right that again i made an error i didn't move in a turn when i could have done they weren't going to get shot they weren't going to get any kind of you know mm-hmm. impact from his army whatsoever all i needed to do to win the game was move some again i think there was zephyrim in this case sort of sisters move them onto an objective and I didn't do it. I forgot to do it at the end of the game, right? <laughs> and he won it by like a tiny points margin. And he actually said to me at the end of the game, this guy, he went, "I'm not actually coming tomorrow." This was on the Saturday. He went, "I'm not actually coming tomorrow." He said, "Cause I've got to go to, I've got to go to something else." So I think it was his like child's birthday party as well. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've got to go. I've got to go to that." He said, "So, uh, do you do you want to just take the win on that one? Because uh, you know you're <laughs> going to be playing tomorrow." And I was like, "You know, I was like, I mean, that is an incredibly generous offer. I won't because I think that's unfair and that's not how you should yeah. play the game." But like. You know what a hero, what absolute yeah. legend! It was just like the yeah. nicest guy in the universe, and it was just it was it was such a weird, um, like again sticks out in my mind as being like the weird interactions you get into when you meet people in Warhammer, yeah. and they just have you know obviously lives to attend and you know learn a bit about them and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I mean, so you've you talked um, about doing some stuff with Josh earlier. Um, yes, you were a part of a, a tale of many war hipsters for for season one. Josh told me that that season two is going to come. Have you spoken to him about it, and are you going to do it? I have spoken to him about it, and yes, I am. I am going to do it. I don't know. Awesome. So, so initially, I thought I would carry on doing forty k. However, well, I mean, in the sense of I'm not going to stop doing forty k, but I mean, doing forty k <laughs> for yeah. uh, uh, for tale of many war hipsters. Cause that's what I did last year. However. 
because mm. Mr. Warhipster has done what he always does, which is use his mind powers on me. Um, <laughs> he has convinced me, and I, well, I say he's convinced me, I've been thinking about it for a long time and I've always wanted to do it, to do a bit of Age of Sigma. So I will be okay. doing it, and I will more than likely, I'll probably throw in some uh, 40k as well, largely on the fact that it will get to the day before he needs the pictures, and he'll go, Adam, you haven't sent me any pictures, and I'll go, oh god, <laughs> have this random thing I've been painting. Um, but no, but I will try and focus on doing AOS. And it will probably nice. be uh, the Sylvaneth, the Tree People, mm-hmm. I think they're cool. Yep. And also the, Iden- the Ideneth Deepkin, because I think they're really mm. cool. Various brands of elf, basically. Yeah, yeah, that would be... If I were to go into the Age of Sigmar, which I have thought about, uh, it would be one of two armies. It would either be Ideneth Deepkin or the Orcs. Orcs, or, or the, to be fair, the orcs in the orcs in AOS as well, because you, you can do the like Iron Jaws guys, you can do yeah. the Cruel Boys as well. There's like a whole variety, and you know the, the what is it, the Death Cabbage, the big dragon. Yeah, like I one. love that model. Love that it's, model. It's so orky, right? It's like it's just yeah. like not only is the orc chunky, the dragon is chunky. Um, <laughs> so it yeah. really, really gets because no, I, I, yeah, I, the AOS model range is. Um, begrudgingly, as a 40k player, no, <laughs> um, it, it is amazing. It like some of the yeah, sculpts they've done, and it is starting to come across the 40k with the newer sculpts as well. Yeah. But I think because they have a, uh, you know, they're they're not, you know, contrary to what we were saying earlier, where with 40k you've got 30 plus years of of kind of designs and, and lore you can look back on. Mm. With, you know, obviously controversially, to be fair, what they did with changing from Warhammer Fantasy Battles over to AOS. There's a lot more room, I think, for just brand new stuff. Still inspired yeah. by the old world, very clearly. You know, we, we see that mm, in the, yeah. the Lumineth, the high, you know, the high elf equivalents. There's a lot of kind of crossover there. But you know, the the high elves in the old world were very much, you know, your, your classic fancy elves, eagles, yeah. and, you know, bird symbols and magic and that sort of thing. These guys, oh yeah, they worship mountains. They've got bull helmets. <laughs> you know, they've got yeah. a spirit yeah. fox wind thing, which looks very like. Um, <laughs> What's the Japanese? Um, oh, the the, the nine tailed fox, the Japanese spirit, uh, right? Yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know you know what I mean? Like it's very it's very yeah, much yeah, that kind yeah. of aesthetic, right? And it's like that's completely different yet still has yeah. that continuity. That's really cool. We've got the you know the tree elves are or the Sylvaneth are are they're not? I mean they're not strictly elves. They have an elven goddess. <laughs> yeah. They are tree spirits, but they're very clearly a bit carryover of of you know the spirit of Dirth who is in the old world and in the new and in, in AOS. Yeah. But they have that real carryover from the from the old Wood Elves and like Orion yeah. and all that lot. So it, just some of the designs are just amazing to me. I just think they're mm. absolutely fantastic. And and the scope to do stuff in, in, in AOS and do stuff with painting, I've been very much inspired by the community contributions on Tallamany War Hipsters because yeah. some of the stuff people have submitted and watching their journey from like, this is my first like unit or my first model and then you see when we did the family photos episode to round it out, like mm. some of those armies were just—I mean, well, all of them, right? Frankly, were just amazing to see them all yeah. put together. We had we had the kind of the the the, the stormcast. There were there were a couple of really cool stormcast armies. I mean, Meg did tell many war hipsters, and Meg is a painting genius uh, with some <laughs> of the stuff that she does. So every week when she'd submit what she did, we'd be like, "Come on now!" I mean, you put really? the rest of us to shame, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like, really, really, Meg, really? You've done that blending on that? Oh, God. Um, no, but she's, <laughs> she, I mean, the, the level of skill and the level of dedication from everyone that took part in that was genuinely brilliant. And again, to go to my point about the community, I know I've talked about it a lot, but the best, best part of that 
was every couple of months when we would sit down, Josh, Rich and I, to record, and Josh would go through the slideshow of the models he'd been submitted. And, you know, those reactions in that video, you know, when you get some stuff and I'm like, I, I sort of, you know, go crazy over something. That is, that is genuine. Like, some yeah. of the, 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 just the, it's beautiful. It's artwork. Like, yeah. the, and, you, yeah. and just the effort that people put in and produce this, this gorgeous work. And you're like, you've done that and you've taken the time to do it. And then you submitted it, like, to, mm. I mean, who, I mean, Josh, fine. Josh can sit in judgment <laughs> on this stuff to some extent, right? Because he is the king of contrast, right? He is, he is a very good painter. I'm not. Uh, Rich, I, I hope you wouldn't mind me saying, is probably like, we're about the same standard. We, we're okay. We can paint some good stuff, but like, we're not, we're not Josh level. We're not Golden Demon winners. We haven't won any painting awards, right? <laughs> Who are we to sit in judgment on this, on this stuff? And, 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 and yet people are taking the time to send it to us, to listen to us talk yeah. about it. And it's like, it's just mad to me. It's mad, and it's yeah. so amazing to see it. So, yeah, there will be. Look, to, to stop my rambling about your question, there will be. Se- <laughs> there will be season two. Tell them any more hipsters. Um, I am definitely going to take part. I would strongly encourage you to take part if you so wish. Mm. I would strongly encourage anyone listening to take part. Um, there is no like skill floor on this. There is no kind of like qualification required, other than have you got some miniatures? Do you want to paint them? And do you want to hang out with some really cool people and kind of talk about painting miniatures and just show them off? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know we do it. You know, every couple of months we sort of, or well, every I suppose it was every yeah every every month or so in theory we put them out. Obviously, there were okay. gaps in between yeah. because of timing. Um, but yeah, like you know, do join in because we love we love it. We love having people along. And the dream, yeah. and I don't know if Josh, I don't know if Josh uh, talked about this when he when you spoke to him, but like the dream for me would be to do a community event where everybody comes along and see them in person. Yeah, nice. Right, that that would that would be the goal, and and play some games as well because obviously we've got enough people. Yeah. AOS enough people with um also like Necromunda and stuff like that that you could have some games going on. That would be the dream for me to organise that. I think that'd be amazing. Mm. Probably won't happen. I mean, subject to Josh's plans, it probably won't happen this year because I'm getting married and uh also doing various other things that are again just gonna take up my time this year, basically. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, but would love to get that in the diary and would love to meet in person with these amazing people who've submitted this stuff mm. to you know, to to our little video series that we do on Josh's channel. Yeah, that would be a beautiful, beautiful event. Can you imagine all those incredible exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, up. you know, if, if people want to play games, and people want to play games, but I'll just be walking around looking at them like that's the <laughs> and it's yeah. it's the little touches, the little detail. Like we had, um, was it Chewy who did the um, uh, Chewy Zero who did the Nook? He did like a Space Marine on it, and this is really bad because again, my mind, my memory is just rubbish. But he did a uh, an army of space marines, the Knights of Maha, themed around the okay. mythology, like the the Irish, basically around Irish mythology. Yeah. He's from he's from um, Northern Ireland, I believe, mm. and he, he did it themed around like that. And so every model and every um you know unit he submitted had like a story linking whatever was on it. So oh, wow. back to yeah. like Irish uh, and Celtic mm. mythology. And that was so because I mean again being you know huge nerd right I love that sort of thing that's really cool <laughs> yeah. um, and you know when he's telling us about like why the dreadnought like has you know a white piece of cloth wrapped around them because it, it goes back to a hero who was like tied yeah. to a stake and this that and the other like it it was just really cool and again it's that little you know not only is the model beautiful but you you bothered to sit there and think about it and go this is my story behind this yeah. model that is that extra level of dedication that just shows how much people care. Um, yeah, and and you look to flip it, 
you don't have to do that at all. There is no, you know, I know people, you know, to be fair, people get intimidated when they're like, oh God, I have to paint a model and I have to write law for another. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Right? You don't have to. But if you want to, if you want to express that about your models, we welcome it. And don't be afraid to do it. And don't be afraid to have a story about it. That That's why yeah. events, you know, to think about other events, that's why events like Fun and Fluff for me that the London Wargaming Guild runs. Mm. And I was saying this to the guys uh, on Saturday, yesterday, uh, and I'll say it to you, I'll say it to anyone else. If you can get to London and you want to do a tournament that's like semi-competitive, right? It's 1,500 points. When, when they organize it, come on down to Fun and Fluff because it is amazing fun that's where i actually first met josh right that's where i first met him and that's how we that's how we kind of got chatting and 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 became, became well we got chatting and became friends over lockdown via the media like messing about on call of duty weirdly enough <laughs> yeah. uh but um but you know i i first sort of bumped into him for the first time ever was at a fun and fluffy event. um and and they are it is an event where as the name suggests there are army restrictions so you can't bring too much cheese you kind of build yeah. a fun a fluffy army and you can write some fluff for it you can submit it and all of that it goes into the points so you can be mm, okay. the great. Yeah. You can have the, the you can have the, the you know the murderizer, right? You can have the fifteen hundred point list that walks <laughs> yeah. through everybody else. You probably won't win because you know if all you've done is optimized everything. Yeah. People, you know you won't necessarily get all the votes on the fluff and things like that. So it's really nice. It's good. There's like painting score goes into it. Fluff score goes into it. You know, obviously like friendliness. We we, we do like a you know best yeah. opponent type thing that all goes into it. So. It's a really good way of, of just meeting some of the community, playing some games, having some fun. Uh, that still, if you want that semi-competitive side of it, we still got that, but it's very much geared towards that kind of way of, of playing. So, you know, come on down for that as yeah. well. Yeah, I think I might have to come down to that one, Peter's yes. uh, another one that I interviewed. He's such an incredible guy. I love chatting to him. He, he basically told me that I had to go. Yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete, Peter is Peter is very much an inspiration in the hobby. He got the whole, yeah. you know, was, was instrumental in getting London Wargaming Guild going and is instrumental in yeah. keeping it going. And uh, his ability to do all of that whilst managing a job and a child and, <laughs> uh, uh, and trying to slowly learn, relearn the rules of his space wolf army um, is a miracle to me. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, and having having played games with him, um, absolute gent as well. So, uh, so, yeah, no, very much encouraged. If yourself or listeners want to come along, come down to London. And to be perfectly honest, if you're in around London and I'm free and you want to meet up at someone like Bad Moon Cafe as well, let me know. Happy to come along and, and, and you know, if you can roll dice or otherwise just grab a coffee or or, or, or a beverage of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that I definitely need to find a chance to do. Obviously, through this, I've started to meet like you and Alex and, and some others from London. So, yeah, definitely need to find a reason to go to London. Sometimes I go with work, but nothing's come up since I started the podcast, so... Yeah, definitely need to find a reason to, to leave the wife and the child here and go play <laughs> games in London. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you know what? To 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 your lovely wife and and, and child, if they if they, they listen to hear me blabbering on, I apologise for forcing Ben down to London to. Uh, oh. <laughs> she doesn't listen. It's fine. We can get away with it. My, mine doesn't listen to Conclave, so I can say what I want. Although she can, given, given I live in you know I live in London, I live in a flat where the walls are made out of paper mache and hope. She can hear everything that I'm saying, so I have to be really nice. <laughs> She's, you know what? She's she started though. To be fair to her, she has uh, opted to start um, putting together a Daughters of Cain force. Oh, area. nice! So that I, I'm going to try and do a bit of convincing. She's just come back. Actually, she can now hear me. So hopefully, she'll hear this. But I'm going to do a bit of convincing to get her to submit to a tell them any more hipsters. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, depending on how it goes, I might have started painting with my Votan by then. So yeah, it depends on what the timelines are. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I've. Uh... 
I've started New Year, New Army, and I've I've basically got two of the star boxes. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've got a lot of Hurricane Warriors. Yes. I sat and drilled out all of the barrels. It was like forty or fifty barrels I drilled out the other day, and I'm still traumatized. <laughs> you know what? So my my Votan are the first army where I've of, of all the ones I've got. Where I've, I don't know why, but I actually have drilled out all the barrels on everything nice. on them. So I I absolutely sympathise with with what you're doing. <laughs> in fact, I will say I managed. I got myself with a recommendation of somebody else in the sort of London Votan chat. I got myself this little this little electric drill thing, right? But it's it's okay. it's called a it's called sorry, this is now like we're doing free advertising for these people. But I, <laughs> I have like I already have like a little electric hand drill, but I find it's a bit too it's a bit too powerful and a bit too big the drill bits for doing barrels. Uh, so I've yeah. always had to sort of do yeah. them by hand using a a pin vice. This thing is literally yeah. an electric pin vice. It's called a wow stick. It's like it's okay. like yeah, I think it. I think it was like fifty odd quid off Amazon. It wasn't that. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that price. It wasn't cheap, but it wasn't that pricey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. I'll see what it's like. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's just zip, and okay. then you go. Yeah, I was like, nice. this is going to make my life so much easier now. And now I will be, you know, the drill all the barrels person rather than drilling like, everything. Yeah, yeah, just additional <laughs> barrels, everything, just drilling eye holes. <laughs> be like, why do you got holes for eyes? But like, I just wanted to drill the eye holes. Um, yeah, he's a demon. He's fine. He doesn't care. He doesn't. You don't need eyes to see where we're going. You know. Uh, but no, that that's made my life a lot easier. But what what color scheme are you thinking of for your Votan? Do you have an idea in your head? All right, I'm now yeah. becoming the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm probably thinking purple. Oh, well, purple on the armor. I'm. I'm gonna get a contrast purple. Is it? Um, Luxio. Luxio. Yeah, it's a really rich purple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, then all the fabrics are gonna go like black contrast or like gray over it. So yeah, it's kind of purple and black. Um, and then my plan is, if this happens on the armor panels, I'm gonna paint like runes on, and depending on where they are in the stature of the league, depends on the color. So if they're just like a standard, they'll get a light purple. If they're like a call or the not mm. forge master, the, the non-upgrade forge master, what's it called? Uh, the, the iron master. Yeah, 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 the iron master. Anything like that, they'll get silver. And then if they're like a forge master or the high call, then they'll get golden runes. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. That's that's right. So my my space marines are purple. So I have a big like my custom the 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 Palatine angels. I I have a big thing for purple purple space marines uh, or purple models. So yeah, no big fan of that idea. And I will say the the halfkin, um, yeah, especially with like a yeah. rich color scheme, the, that really suits the mm. Votan really well. Obviously, they work really well with like reds, oranges, yellows, uh, and anything that's like a very rich or bright color. I think stands out really nicely on the armor. So I think that sounds. Like that sounds fantastic, actually. I would, I again, not that I'm trying to bribe you into coming to do Tell Many War Hipsters, but I kind of feel like that's the kind of thing we need to see on Tell Many War Hipsters. <laughs> I, think, in the long run. Yeah. I mean, if it lines up, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely look to submit some. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're oh, sweet. very, very great at the moment. I, I need to find yes. time yeah, I know. to get some so on the, the airbrush and put some color on them. Nice. So, yeah, just waiting for some paint to come in. Unfortunately, I did the. I, I, the thing where I bought uh, Ezekiel, the sort of yes. the old metal model, at the same time as my paints, so they're going to get delivered at the same time. So of course I'm waiting on Games Workshop to actually make my Ezekiel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it's like I did, I did have a brief flirtation with uh, again, sort of reactivating my tower with like, shall I get myself Farsight? And then obviously they have now. Luckily I didn't. I was, I was on the verge, uh, <laughs> yeah. but they've now, really, you know, announced the amazing new uh, Farsight model, who looks pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was like yesterday in real time yeah 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 i know i i was i was like walking the dog 
uh, and I went on. I just opened up like uh, Twitter or something. I think he stopped for a coffee, <laughs> and I saw it said like you know check out the new because I forgot I forgot it was the open day, and it was like yeah. check out the releases from the open day. What do we see? We see Farsight. They got mm. Snickrot. They've got the the uh, Heed Knights of Slanesh and the uh, Corn. Blades of Corn for AOS. Yeah. Josh is going to like this because I'm remembering what the fact is called. <laughs> um, and they've got new models as well. It's just, yeah, it was really cool when I saw all that. But yeah, Farsight is just, he's looking badass to me. Like, he, he looks pretty cool with, with the yeah, blades. Yeah, it does look like fan. a good model. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got a little thing on his arm that everyone's talking mm. about. He's got a symbol, which I think you, you were quite like, the symbol of the Hexagrammaton. Yeah. The Dark Angel symbol, yeah. So there's an interesting bit of kind of theorizing i think going on about what's yeah. what's that all about why has he got that is it to do with the Dawnblade? is it due to do with arthur smollock is he somehow linked to does he met the dark angel you know yeah. so it's, it's very interesting sort of uh a good good room for you know what what i think we like to talk about on the podcast a lot and what i like to talk about which is the old you know warhammer conspiracy theories you know <laughs> hushed voices in the corner of the pub around a roaring fire you know that's like that kind of thing yeah is always good but uh but yeah no it looks very cool so i will uh eventually be getting him <laughs> at some point whenever he comes out i don't know if i'll get the boarding control because i've got enough crisis suits and bloody fire warriors as it is so <laughs> i don't really need any more of those yeah i mean anyone listening will know that i won't touch tau um i had tau and i was going to paint them really bright by oh, really painting them yeah i enjoyed their lore oh. I, I just hated painting them so i just, yeah, I just couldn't do enough. it that's fair enough no they they are they're a weird one because they they like I I've, I'm redoing them at the moment. So I had a bunch that were like done in far. I had a bunch that I did kind of as in Farsight Red, mm. and then I had a bunch I did in um like a, a custom scheme which was basically Space Wolves Grey. But okay. it was like when Cross had just come out and it was very mottled and sort of looked a bit rubbish. But I tried to justify my own head by being like, you know, it's kind of like you know, it's it's like a camouflage. It's just <laughs> yeah, you know um. This is this is a proper like nerdy moment, but do you remember do you remember Babylon Five at all? I have the never TV watched show? Babylon Five. No. Oh man, well you, you missed out to some extent. <laughs> Babylon, 5. Babylon Five was great fun again. Back in back in like classic nineties sci fi. Yeah, there was a yeah. race in that called the Vorlon, and the Vorlon had this like mottled, very um like shiny skin. They were like okay. very um they, they they weren't even I mean they weren't even the aliens. They wore these like kind of bioorganic suits. Because I think underneath they were they were sort of, they couldn't live in a normal atmosphere, so people okay. never interacted with them. Like but these bioorganic suits had this like very shiny but like mottled surface, and that's kind of what I was going for. I didn't really pull it off, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm currently, I'm currently, especially now with with Farsight coming out as well, and the fact that I I found like an eBay rescue of yeah, a bunch okay. of a bunch of towel stuff that was just a really good price, and I was like, I'll add that into my army. Why not? Yeah. And most of that was done in sort of a Farsight type scheme, so I'm currently just repainting everything when i get the chance when i'm not working on the angry boys uh mm. to uh to, to kind of work um as one cohesive army so so yeah no they are they are they are quite because of all the panels they can be quite challenging to, to sort of paint yeah i don't know what it was i mean because i i kicked off with them and i just i don't know whether or not it was just my painting style at the time i used to paint um or i was so used mm. to painting space marines because that was what, what i had really on so i, I started 40k early in eighth um, and I went you know, Blood Angels and they, the Tower sort of the second army and it was sort of really getting me started on painting again. I, I don't know if it was just, it didn't match the way that I painted. Um, I feel like I get on with them a lot better now because I've painted a lot more armies. <laughs> just get on with it. And so 
Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I think a lot of people feel like that. I feel like I feel like Tau, unfortunately, and I do feel a bit sorry for Tau players because they, uh, or like I guess Tau. I mean, I, I'm technically a Maya Tau player. I have a Tau army, but you know, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not my. I guess they're not. I don't have a main army, so they're not my main army. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they, they suffer. I think a bit from a hangover in. And again, I, I didn't play this, but seventh edition with mm, the yeah. era of like Tau Dar and then Riptide yeah. Wings and all this, that, and the other, and everyone. I think they still have a bit of an unfortunate, a bit, a bit like Ultramarines. People sometimes get a bit of stick for the existence of of sort of codexes that are from yeah. you know four editions ago that were a bit. I think the classic thing with Ultramarines is they had a codex. And for people who don't know, they had a codex that was a bit. Uh, and I think it's very funny actually. I don't think it's a reason to be avoid it anyway. They had a codex that was very, um, should we say, generous in its description <laughs> of the Ultramarines, quite famously and basically yeah. the, the classic one that people always joke about is it described. Uh, Marnius Kaldar as the spiritual liege mm. of all space marines, uh, right. which people, which obviously players who were like very passionate, Dark Angels players very passionate, you know, space wolves <laughs> and blood angels were like, hang on a second, he ain't no spiritual liege, right? Sanguinius, Lima Russ, the lion, they're the spiritual liege yeah. for us, buddy. Um, so, but I think that that has generated a bit of you know, joke down the line, which yeah. is a shame because I think the Ultramarines were actually quite cool. Again, maybe my my centrist dad opinion. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, I think Ultra Reads are quite cool. I think Gilliman's quite cool. I think there's a lot more to his character that's come out in the Black Library books uh, than than just being a sort of you know generic XL. Although he's definitely an XL power user. Oh yeah, right? let's be clear. Yeah. Right? that that man that man is an XL power user. He's the organizer extraordinaire. So yeah, he's a, he's a star charts if you go by the first book. Is it um is it Talk Adam that calls him the star charts? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the Ultramarines. I, I don't I like the Ultramarines. There's, there's very few armies that I don't like, even the Tau, even though I won't paint them. I think their lore's cool, especially Farsight. I mean, he's the one that's yeah. probably got the, the most expanded lore, but yeah, the lore around them's cool. Yes, yeah, definitely. I they, they they I will say one thing that's been good about Ninth Edition, I think, although they have arguably cut down a little bit on the lore in the codexes, which, mm. you know, it's not, not, not to everyone's liking. And I mean, yeah. I, I certainly, I was like, I wish there was a little bit more, but the artwork yeah. of the codexes, has been spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And like t- the reason I say that about with the towel because there's a, there's a there's a shot in the towel. There's two things. There's the sort of Stellaris style star map they've done mm. in the Empire, which I think which I, again, space nerd time. This <laughs> is really cool. Um, but there's also there's an artwork of one of the the like the, the battle suits getting prepared. I'm pretty sure it's on Riptide. Mm, yeah. It might be a Storm Surge, and it's on this huge like docking wall. And there's like a bunch of them, and there's like all the drones flying about, and all the engineers kind of doing the engineering. Mm, cool. And it just gives it that sense of scale yeah. of this like you know very futuristic army, and this is how they operate. And again, you get the same thing in you know in the Space Marine Codexes in, yeah. in the World Eaters book. There's an amazing artwork of Angron. It's like something out of the Godzilla movies, like the recent Godzilla mm. movies. There's all these Imperial, uh, I think the, the Imperial Militarum, Imperial Guard, and, and Space Marines all just like literally pouring gunfire, and there's like a whole wall of fire where like mm, people okay, are yeah. hitting yeah. and emerging out of it, like oh, nice. in shadow, is Angron. Yeah, and he lo- he looks like a kaiju, like he looks like <laughs> a Godzilla character, just unstoppable, just coming out holding his weapons, and I was just like. Man, that is badass! Like yeah. that's just so cool. <laughs> if I ever get a house big enough, I'm gonna. That's gonna be like artwork all over the walls, right? That sort of nonsense. I'll be like this one room where where Kelly will just my, my partner will just be like, I don't go in there because that's his that's his nerd room, and it's just like, come see my artwork. <laughs> yeah, I do that here, but the the other half uses the office too. Otherwise, all the cupboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I just I I have I have room for some shelving, and that's pretty much. <laughs> and then like there's a map on that wall, and that's pretty much it. It's like the benefit, the the side benefit, I guess, of being in a in a relatively small central London property is that I can't get away with decorating the walls with tons of Warhammer crap. <laughs> so uh, you know, my partner can be can be happier about that one. <laughs> yeah, anyone that's seen my Instagram post, there's a spot sort of just here that I'm I'm showing Adam. Um, yeah, this is where I'm gonna build some nice shelving for my well, my finished armies. My my latest Instagram post sort of shows, or my Instagram post shows what my hobby look of it looks like. It's just this one just here. It's a such a mess. There's loads of grey plastic, loads of books, loads of paint. Yeah, so it's a pile of potential. It's a it's a pile of potential. Yeah. Right, that's how you have to do it. Yeah, pile of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I have a. I, you can't see it's off camera. I have a stack of boxes which are currently sitting on a sitting on a uh, on a on a desk. And uh, some of which are, uh, are are sort of due to go either to you know as gifts to people, or sort of like we'll just sell on eBay or something. If anyone wants them, I'll sort of sell them off. But a lot of them are just things where I'm like, no, I'm going to keep that because I will build that eventually. And she not unfairly <laughs> asked the question. She's like, yeah, but when's eventually? Because you keep saying that, and yet now it's World Eaters, and now it's this, and now it's the other, and you don't, you never got round to building the Beast of Nurgle. And it's like, but I will, I will. He's yeah. a lovely little dude. I'll build him eventually. Don't worry. Yeah, definitely. I've got a ton of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah, there's an entire shelf unopened or half open boxes. <laughs> yeah. half knows, but they they ignore it. It's it's when you it's when you I, the one I find is when you open a box and you're like, I don't remember getting these. You open it up <laughs> and you're like, there's a sprue, but there's certain bits clipped yeah. out. You're like, oh yeah, I used this for some conversion I did like six months ago. Well, that was stupid. Uh, so I did, <laughs> I did I did the whole thing of doing the clear out the other day and clipping off bits off sprues that were sort of half used and bagging yeah. them up and now i have a drawer that is bulging with <laughs> bits bags so i'll be honest if anybody wants bits let me know i've probably got them um <laughs> so yeah and i i will i will i will i will post them your way i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we've all got it yeah yeah definitely okay i'll save you some of your precious time and i'll um I'll sort of bring the end of my, my questions there, apart from one one last question. Sure, yeah, yeah, fire away. Um, and this is my fun one. I ask everybody, and I don't tell them advance, so you won't have you won't have seen this one. Oh. If you could pick yeah. one person in the Warhammer community, they don't have to be content creators or anything like that, um, but you can, they can be the only person that you play Warhammer with for the rest of time, who would it be? Oh, man, that is a tough question. That is a really tough question. It would oh god I, that that is a that is a re, that is a great question honestly Thanks. um because because there I whatever I say I'm going to upset some people yeah uh, no I I uh, you know what I would say simply because we we haven't had that many games together but the games we have had have been like hilarious like just the okay. stuff that happens in them invariably is just is just it's like where all the idiotic like stuff happens. Would probably be. Oh, am I allowed to split it between between the two? Because it's kind of the same for both. Which is which is which is Ollie is 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 Ollie, my friend Ollie, Ollie Missick, um, because he just does mad. As I say, he does mad conversions and yeah, you know, okay. insane stuff happens. In <laughs> to, to give it to give a, to give a coherent example of this, we played him at the doubles event, right? And I've had many games with Ollie, especially with small events where weird stuffs happen. And uh, I was running Tau, the Tau. My friend Richard Watkin was running his Death Guard, and Ollie and his his housemate Ben were just running their orcs. So they had a big, a big orc war. We were on a small board. <laughs> I could just, we could just get charged up. One, it was like, oh, oh no! <laughs> this, this. But we had, we you know, we, there was, was a little bit of cagey play. And then he had his moon buggy, 
his, his beautifully converted moon buggy that had four mega nods in it. It was nice. the only thing I really had a line of sight on. Right? <laughs> it's the only thing you get a shot to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to blow up the moon buggy. I'll just give it a go, see if I can get it. So I shoot it. It dies, right? As a lot of stuff yeah. tends to under Tau firepower. And I said to Ollie, as he was, he, you know, he said, does it blow up? It didn't blow up. Uh, so no, sorry, it did. He rolled six and then he did the Kareem <laughs> thing. So he moved it a bit closer yeah. and it, it took out like one of my crew or something. It didn't roll too well on the mortal wounds. And then he was like, right, now I'll roll for the Meganobs who are getting out. I jokingly, I said, oh, you know what? The only bonus here would be if some of those Meganobs didn't make it. Ollie rolled two ones oh, no. straight away. And, I was like, and, and he was like, oh, God, he was like, why did you say that? <laughs> so, I, so I, to be fair, I felt bad, but I was like, I can't believe that worked. What I'm going to do now is say, I hope I'll win the lottery next week. You know, we'll see what happens. But no, so our game's always fun. The, the other one, as I say, because I, I will be a bit cheeky and I'll switch them to, is, is a guy called Jack Buckley for largely the same reasons. Jack plays um, very like narrative, fluffy armies mm. and plays them in a very narrative, fluffy way, invariably often to his detriment um, <laughs> yeah. at competitive events but it's just very funny uh, and we just do we have like dumb games where just nice. weird stuff happens and he's like yeah. no, I'm going to charge that I'm like you sure you want to do that he's like yeah no, I'm going to charge it because it's what <laughs> it's what he would do he'd charge you he's, yeah. and then he charges and he kills the stuff he's like okay there we go I see that work the gods are on your side um, so you know it's those kind of games so I yeah if I if I could only play like stupid war for the rest of history with those guys it would be, it would be um, which you know Josh is probably like, God damn you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's always someone that misses out. Yeah, but no, yeah. that's that's kind of why I ask. I mean, it's Alex's fault. Um, I asked a really sort of generic question to Alex, and he was like, I don't, I don't know, any sort of advice pointing it in a specific direction. So yeah, blame Alex. <sighs> Quipster, Quipster. He's 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 the he's the bane of no, he's not the bane of my life at all, at all. Um, he's he's and that's that's the I dare say the, the reason that question is such a great question. The reason it's so difficult to answer is because it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I have met so many mm. great people doing this hobby and yeah. I've made so many good friends that I am, um, frankly, I consider myself incredibly lucky. So it's incredibly hard to make that choice. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's what I like to come out of it. It's, it's not necessarily a name, although it's good to shout out some of the really cool people in the community. A lot of it is sort of understanding about what you're looking for from, from yeah. that game and, and yeah. what, you, what you do enjoy in the game. It's, it's nice to hear different things and, and different people genuinely give different answers. Um, you might think that everyone sort of says they just want to have a fun game. Maxine example is a really, really good one. She said uh, Mike from Vanguard Tactics. And that's because she said that they're sort of about the same level. Um, she knows she's always going to have that sort of game where she might win, she might lose, but she'll always have that, that good, close match. And her and Mike have got some really, really similar personalities. So, yeah, it was just... Yeah. There's been so many different things. That, there's one person who I let off not giving answers to and that was Peter and that's just because I thought it was you've seen so many thousands of people oh, I thought it was just too unfair yeah. to name someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he I mean with him it's like you might as well just, you know, pick a name out of a hat and be like, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it is, it is a great question and, and it and as you say, the, the diversity of answers goes to the diversity that you need, mm. which is which is brilliant. It's it's part of what makes it special. Yeah, definitely. So I'm getting very soppy tonight. I should I, I should go back to being cynical. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great way to sign off. Um, so so yeah, that's it. That's all of my questions. Well, thank you, thank you very much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, no, look, honestly, genuinely, thank you for having me on. Sorry for rambling on for ages <laughs> about things, but uh, but no, honestly, really, really good to come on uh, and, and really good to actually get this in and and, and have a chat sort of face yeah, to face, as it were, via <laughs> yeah. the medium of the internet. So so yeah, no, and uh, yeah. Look forward to uh, to hearing from others as well, and from Josh. Yeah.
uh, and, and and everything. Wish you obviously best of luck with everything in the future. And, and honestly, get on. Get if you get the chance, get yourself down, or I'll come to you, one of the two, and let's play a game. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm I'm in Bristol, so it's not that. It's only a train or a train right away, so it's it's not a massively long. Yeah, way, it's not. Yeah. It's not far. It's not far. I could. Do you know what? I might be coming to Bristol at some okay. point this year. Uh, in the diary, I'm just thinking about it, thinking ahead. So if I am down there, I will definitely uh, pop by. I don't know if I'll have an army with yeah. me, to be fair. So uh, I may have to do some some borrowing, but uh, happy <laughs> yeah. to uh, happy to come along and uh, and uh, do some games. Yeah, I mean, Josh is Cheltenham as well, so he's only just up the road from me. Yes, yeah, 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 he is, he is relatively... Ca- and do you know what, it's, yeah. it's funny, sorry, I know we're going to end it there, but I would just say, it's quite funny, there is like a concentration in in uh, what I would, what I would. you're about to tell me, Adam, it's not the West Country, <laughs> but I would call the West Country, because, you know, being a London-centric metropolitan <laughs> liberal or whatever it is we are these days, yeah, yeah it's like, you're outside the M25, I don't know where you are, but yeah, no, in the southwest of the, in the southwest of the UK, there was a real concentration of like, VT are down there, tabletop yeah. t- tactics are down there. Obviously, Josh is over in Cheltenham. You've got like I, I played uh, Martin on obviously a bit further west down in Cornwall yeah. on um, on Bugle Bat Reps, um, which was good fun. So like, there's a real there's a real like Warhammer the Warhammer West. I think is a thing, <laughs> and I think it's an unacknowledged thing that exists in in the UK is the Warhammer West. Yeah, I mean that concentration of amazing players and, and me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> as, as I say, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And it's always nice to chat Warhammer in general, but it's really nice to have such an awesome guest come on and, and tell me why they love what they love about the hobby. Oh, brilliant. No, thank you for having me. And yeah, brilliant, brilliant to uh, to chat. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone that's listening, you can obviously find Adam on Instagram. You do have a YouTube, which you've... Yeah, I don't really use anymore, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you're on like, the, the, the Conclave. It's my favorite podcast in the community um yeah the conclave obviously go check go check out there it's a really really awesome podcast um it makes you feel like you're part of the group it's it's really great for that you always feel like you're part of the group and your your friendship group and it's it's really cool and um yeah so if you want to get them on instagram it's it's adr gaming um yeah have you got any anywhere else you want to shout out or anything like that yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ADR Wargaming across the board, pretty much. I try, you know, that's my brand, um, <laughs> you know, which I, which I try and maintain. But yeah, no, look, honestly, um, if you want to DM me or you want us to talk about stuff on the Conclave or if you want, if you're in town and you want to play a game or just meet up to have a chat, if, we're, if we've got the time, I'll do it, absolutely. So just, just let me know. And uh, yeah, just as I say, like meeting people, like, uh, you know, chatting about Warhammer. So everybody is welcome. And, uh, and, and, you know, all I will say is at the end of the day, Thank you very much for having me on your awesome podcast because you're being far too kind about mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is great. The, the Conclave is fantastic. And it's it's part of why I'm sort of making this podcast. podcast. So yeah, every, every time that um, one of you guys come over, I'm always going to shout out for the Conclave, Aww. definitely. It's top notch. So yeah. <laughs> That's really nice. This has really made my Sunday. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got you got work tomorrow, so I'll put you on a high ready, ready for that Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then, then tomorrow morning. <laughs> Could be a good Monday. Who knows? We, we can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I hope that everyone else has enjoyed today's show and when, and when I put this out. And as always, thank you for, for joining me and, and Adam and, and everyone else that comes on the podcast. It really keeps me going with it, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, if you did enjoy it, please subscribe or leave a review wherever you found the podcast. And um, yeah, you're similar to Adam, you're more than welcome to sort of email me, firstrankfirepodcast at gmail.com. Or yeah, find me over at Instagram is probably the easiest way. That's firstrankfirepodcast. I'll chat with anyone. So yeah, just go on there and send me a message. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.